Hi, this is Rich Buckler. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Guy eats burgers with an Aussie. You think he's all that? Oh, he God. is. He is all that. Mother day. I don't know. A crazy person? A person with no taste? I don't know. So you are you, you, you are home, boo. You didn't you yes. didn't go to Minnesota? Uh, no, my 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 partner slash boss went and I didn't go. Yeah, my, my services weren't needed. I, I knew Andrew was. Well, I didn't know he was a vegan. I was I figured he was a vegetarian. But so once he said he's a vegan. And then we're, we're, um... He's a vegan? He's a vegan. Oh, they. Which, which sucks for him in Australia. I mean, he's been eating like a fucking king out here, and, and especially on the East Coast. But um, Boston, New York, he's been living large. But he goes back home, and basically, they, I guess they're kind of snobbish towards vegetarians. And they're just like, yeah, it's like, here's here's our vegetarian option, and it's like a bowl of just like whatever. And, and that's it in Australia. But Soylent green. Yeah, that's because they, they eat people. Okay, they're some kind of Barbies and shit. But the uh, but his boy, his boy Chris, who he was with, he's, uh, <laughs> he he needed some gluten free grub. So I was just like, you know, and there's there's nothing to eat in my hood. So I'm just like, then I'm just gonna drive up to Duchess because there's fucking options and we can just shoot the shit. And so Steve came down and um, I picked him up at the train station and we were uh, we just kind of and I I wanted to get. Andrew out of the city because he's going back to Chicago. He's been in Boston. He's been in Brooklyn in the city. So I'm like, let's let's show you that like New York actually does have some trees and some leaves and mm-hmm. shit. And uh, and it actually our area and up around here it reminds him of home. So I mean it was it was nice. But I mean it was it was just and it was a beautiful fucking day yesterday. So it was all good. That's awesome. It was great to finally meet him, huh? Yeah, it was. It was. And he's he's one of the of all the people that we 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 see or hang out with or, or, or shoot the shit with at cons at the mm-hmm. con or after hours. He is one of, I I'd say he's one of the good ones. He is, he's one of the dudes that we would kind of just make sure he was around. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't try to shake him basically. Nice. And did you get the story as to uh, this game show that uh, got him all this loot? Like what was it? What was the deal with that? He, uh, I, I don't, um, I don't know the particulars as far as how he got on it, but he, um, and because I thought this year was always the year he was going to go to C2E2, regardless of the game show. But apparently, no, um, it was probably going to be pushed back to next year. Mm-hmm. But the game show with him winning, it just it made it made it possible. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm still going to go to C2E2, and I'll um he'll he went to you know his favorite team is the Bulls, so he got to go to a Bulls game. Oh, sick! And then uh, so from Chicago, he went to Boston because. Why are you laughing? <laughs> sick. <laughs> oh, that's my son's rubbing off on me. Ah, oh, sick. That's sick, Dad. That's what they always so, say. It's yeah, fucking sick. Um, they say that like a hundred times a day. It's wearing rubbing off. I haven't heard that in ages. Um, <laughs> so he went to, uh, so, so he goes, his, his buddy Chris is living in Boston with his, with Chris's girlfriend who's studying at, um, Northwestern right now. And he, so Chris has time off because Chris and Andrew work together. Chris has time off from work because, you know, who doesn't want to live in a fucking country where you get like, you know, four months fucking holiday. And, uh, and he, so Andrew went to Boston and then they both went to Brooklyn so they could hang out for a couple of days. And then tomorrow afternoon, um, Andrew and Alan are hopping on a plane to go to Chicago and, uh, Chris is hopping on a bus to go back to, to Boston. So it was just, he, he was basically just making the most of these two fucking weeks. 
cool. Let's make the most of this time, too, and introduce ourselves, because this is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 365, and I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. All day long. And I'm Memnock the Devil. No, you're not Memnock the Devil, although you are a a very silver-tongued devil. You always say that. It's it's the most backhanded... I think you, you, I think you, you are very eloquent, yeah, Mr. You, uh, I think Wood. You, you always imply that I'm a deceiver. No, that's not implied at all. You're very good with the words. Damn you. <laughs> no, you're not Memnock the Devil. You're Jason Wood, and everybody's here. 100 points if you know where that reference comes from. And right. Yes, very good. Nice. Yep. So now I'm at 100. That's right. Yes, I'm sure to lose many points over the course of time. But I have a surprise this week. What? As we seg into our drink roll call, I have most excellent libations this most week. Most excellent. Most excellent. Nice. I'm drinking the Flying Dog. Oh. This one. Yeah. I can't stay away from the Stedman. Stegman. Stegman. Oh, my God. The Stedman bottles. Can you imagine Ryan Stegman on a beer bottle? I could. Uh, this if is you called. To make sure none of them ever sold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's inhuman to say oh, that. But I'm I, I am drinking uh, from, as I said, Flying Dog. This is called Dead Rise Old Bay Summer Ale. And it has a beautiful Ralph Steadman drawing of a crab on the bottle, which uh, is one of the things that attracted me to Flying Dog in the they first place. they put Old Bay seasoning up in that joint? Mm. It tastes a little bit like it, yeah. Huh. It's, it's, it's a little spicy, yeah. I am digging it very much. I saved the carrier with uh, my other ones. Now I have four Stedman carriers, and I have um, saving one of these bottles too. That is, I'm, coll- I'm collecting them. That is 100 percent awesome. I do love my Stedman. Sick. There you go. <laughs> it's gonna be That's bad kind of night, y'all. It's terrible. Yeah, dog. Super dope. <laughs> so, uh, so Mr. Uh, Red Robin Burger, what, what are you drinking? I am, uh, well, you know, because it is C2E2 weekend, starting tomorrow night, starting Friday, um, when we're at cons, I'm not really a wine drinker when we go out, so I am uh, drinking some Larceny 92 proof Kentucky bourbon whiskey. Well, shit. <laughs> you know, we should go on record and commit to going to C2E2 next year. You want to? I think we should, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> at least at least a contingent of us. Yeah, I'll I'll go. Well, you might have school, or is school going to be over. If I um, let's see, I am done with school in July of this year. No, oh, next year. next year. So it will be in the way again. Shit, and I'll probably be gearing up. That's my uh, thesis yeah. presentation. So All right, well, let's make a let's make a pact. Have you and I'll try. We'll do our damnedest to get back because it'll have been. Three years by next year that we'll had haven't been, and yeah. uh, we got. I I need some new ink. We got to see our peoples. Yeah, all sorts of shit we got to do. Man. Yeah, we do. That's what I'm gonna miss. Not getting the ink. I I need a new. I'm one. saying I miss it. Yeah. I, I I miss it. I miss seeing Stringer. I miss I miss you know. I mean, I know he always says I don't. It's not like we have to just use him, but it just feels weird. And you know oh, what? I wouldn't use anybody. Well, else. here's the thing, right? We got really dumb lucky. Stupid. We lucky. Did. With him, because we didn't know shit. We were just like, let's get tattoos. And the thing that's amazing about that is now I see tattoos everywhere now, and so many of them are terrible. I mean, like, yep. terrible. And it's like, I think there's way more people that do bad tattoos than good tattoos. Oh, of course. Um, but it's all in the the uh, preservation, too. I mean, if they go out in the sun and they don't put the, the, the lotion on it and all that shit, you're going to look like a wallet, and that's going to affect the tattoo. But... 
I'm as far as the resiliency of the ink he uses, he must use some really expensive ink because my tattoos have not faded one percent since cool. I got them. I, I know that's an exaggeration. No, I, I'm sure they have, but yeah. to, to my eyes, they don't look like they have. My uh, my Douglas Adams one, which is the first one we ever got, uh, is faded a little, but he said that would happen because green is one of the hardest colors to stick. So, right. Uh, yeah. I know he. The last time we saw him, he wanted to load some more green up in there. So maybe I'll do that when I see him. But he mentioned. Uh... Touching up the rose on my forearm too. Nice. You put that green on a whiteboard. So I want to I want to stick with C two E two for a minute, but I, I I'll just get into what I'm drinking because you guys didn't ask. Well, you didn't give us a chance, but okay. But for real? Fine. No, that's fine. I see how it is. That's cool. All right. Um, you did a little say. I went all the way back to 2012. Yeah, way back machine. To I like to call when we were in our fourth season, and uh, I'm drinking some Santa Julia Reserve Malbec. Nice. And uh, I'm hoping to polish the bottle off tonight. It's going to be one of those kind of nights. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. So what is this uh, C2E2 oh, discussion? Well, as David so aptly alluded, uh, wow. C2E2, Sados Sados, is going on. Uh, it's the 24th through the 26th at the McCormick. So if you're anywhere in the Midwest, more specifically the Chicago area, you should go out there, even though we won't be there this year. Many, many of our friends and buddies and listeners will be there on representing EOC strong. And I wanted to just take a minute and uh, shout out some of the people that will be attending the show in case you were interested in uh, going to their artist alley tables. Wow. Can I, can wait, can I shout out one before you do that? No, 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 don't, don't. Because this is, no, this is very important. All right. This is for tomorrow night. No, these people may or may not be at C2E2, but they're with us every single week because they're our sponsor. And I, and I forgot to do that. All right. You can do it. Fair enough. Yeah, Discount Comic Book Service is the very best source for discount comic books. You can get your funny and books fanservice. and coll- yes, and all that for a fraction of what you would pay elsewhere. Such as, now this is the very last time you're going to hear me shout out these uh, specials because we're gearing up towards the end of the month. And, you know, when that gate comes down, you do have a chance to get under it if you're a Johnny-come-lately. But just, you know, humor me. From Image, I'm very excited for this book. It's written by James Robinson. The art is by Greg Hinkle. It's Airboy. Oh, you're excited of, about that. Oh, yeah, man, am I excited. I think this thing's going to blow up. I, I hope it's going to blow up because Airboy has not been at the forefront of my reading for quite a long time. Uh, we're talking Eclipse. So that's a that's a long stretch to get some really good Airboy. It was my favorite book back in the day. Hopefully... It'll be the same today. Um, let's see. Uh, cover price two ninety nine. Your price, boys' pants one dollar forty nine cents. From the Dark Horse, it's the Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service Omnibus Edition Volume One. You get three volumes of the uh, Corpse Delivery Service for nine ninety nine. That's uh, again half off. The cover price is twenty bucks, and. Last but not least, do not let me come and get you if you don't order this because I will do it from Marvel. It is the Werewolf by Night Omnibus Hardcover. Oh, good God. Marvel Spotlight, numbers 2 to 4. Werewolf by Night, 1 to 43. Marvel Team Up, number 12. Tomb of Dracula, number 18. Giant Size Creatures, number 1. Giant Size Werewolf, 2 to 5. Marvel Premiere, 28. And if that wasn't enough... Monsters Unleashed, oh, my heart is thumping, number six and seven. 
cover price is $125. And that's pretty much a steal for all those books. But the DCBS price, $62.50. That's insane. Yeah, you're. That's crazy. 50% off. They do not mind late orders or order editions. And you will get your books in spectacular condition delivered right to your door. Amazing. Mm-hmm. DCBService.com. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, Chris, Jason is going to tell you all about, um, the weekend, and we'll, 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 we'll pipe in. But before the weekend, I just, I, I have to mention tomorrow night, there is a little shindig, a little get together, uh, seven o'clock, well, maybe eight o'clock for us, but seven o'clock Chicago time at Lincoln Station, which is at 2432 North Lincoln Avenue, one block east of off the Fullerton train stop. Tell him Chris Stark sent you. He just wants everybody to know who's not on Facebook, who's not checking messages, who's not uh, um, in the know as far as this little uh, event before the con is happening. I'm letting you all know because Vince is going to, have, of course, have this up before 7 o'clock tomorrow night. So you can listen in and, and go to this party. And then uh, I believe it's the following night. It, it is Friday night for ICE, right? Or is it Saturday? It's Friday I think night. so. The, uh, uh, Vince knows because he's got the copy, but... I do have the copy, and I shall bring it up. Nice. Uh, so that's Thursday night. Friday night, you have uh, the Indie Comic Expo, which I know Jason just went on about, you know, seeing Stringer get new ink and, and, and seeing people, but it is, and, and as, as cool and as grand as C2E2 is, because it is one of my favorite cons, it, it's just... It's inviting. It's not super crowded. It, it's it's one of the better feel good cons. The evening hours are really, I think, where we tend to have oh hell's yeah the majority of our fun. And uh, going to uh, ICE would be something I'd be looking forward to if we were going to be there this year. But what? Right, and you know about? what? T- you know what time you would get there? What time? You would get at Reggie's Rock Club at six p.m. because you want to be first in line the show runs from 6 to 11 uh reggie's is at 2109 south state street uh in chicago there's two large rooms there um it's located two miles from mccormick place you're going to get creators you're going to get panels you're going to get music um adam warrock's going to be there cochise soul star it's going to be awesome uh, yeah that's the word i would use and it's only going to cost you eight bucks at the door but um, discount tickets, shirts, and VIP open bar packages are only available at kingbonepress.com. Kingbonepress, that's one word, dot com. You know okay. this. I want to go. Right. Just, just to see uh, Slurmo, because I miss him so damn much. Yeah, I remember when he used to listen to our show. Right. You know? I think I think he still listens. It just you know he's he's cranking out those comics. I got a couple issues of B one that I have to read, and the, he just gets better and better and better. For sure. For sure. He does. Yeah. Nice. But you know, I just want to punch him. Huh. That's all. Oh, show. All right. So C two E two the main show. Just uh, again, there are more than four hundred uh, people listed on Artist Alley, which is insane. Uh, I'm not going to read four hundred names, obviously, but I just want to shout out some people that have either. Friends of the show, or people that have been on the show, or just other cool people we think you should check out. I'm going to go down the list. Um, so apologies to anyone that uh, feels as though I should mention you, and I didn't. It's not intentional. Um, starting with the A's, we got Mr. Aaron Cooter. 
Always good to see Aaron. Uh, we've got, uh, if you're a fan of the, uh, the new Mighty Avengers joints, you got Al Ewing, who I've never met, but, uh, I heard he's a pretty cool dude. Uh, got Andy Parks up in that piece, which is, uh, why are you laughing? I love the commentary. <laughs> Keep going. Dude, did you know <laughs> Ashley Wood's gonna be there? Oh, you are shit. Wow, I did not know that. Now myself. see, I don't dip into the OA much, but, if Ashley Wood was selling and it was reasonably priced, which is, <laughs> which is a long shot, I know, I would seriously consider an Ashley Wood piece. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Bill Willingham will be there. I would, if I were there, I would shake his hand and thank him for Me a, a decade plus of one of the best comics on the stands. Uh, let's see here, Mr. Brent Spoonover, uh, love him, love him. Uh, Brian Vander, one of our good buddies from NYCC that we hung out with uh, at the uh, yes. the pub many a night. Um, let's see here. Your boy, Brian Polito, Vince. Oh, nice. <laughs> I know it's just the right buttons to impress for you, but seriously. <laughs> um, not necessarily our cuppa, but many others. Mr. Chip Zdarsky. Uh, he's, I like him. Oh, cool. Well, then your cuppa. <laughs> um, one of Valiant's finest, Mr. Clayton Henry. Nice. Uh, let's see here. Mr. Daniel Govar. And by the way, I don't know how I missed it, but it recently got reposted in Facebook because I guess other people were liking it. Huge congratulations to Dan on the yes. engagement, which I guess was actually earlier this year. So, yeah, back in January. Uh, yeah but, uh, but he was on our show, I think, what, late last year and, uh, he will, uh, he will be there. We've got, um, a certain dude who, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's learning how to draw. He's, he's, he's figuring it out. And that's Mr. Dave Wachter. <laughs> Figuring it out like a son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, it's all coming together, slowly God but surely. Damn. Every commission he posts, I'm like, I hate you. Right? I seriously well, do. Listen, I love him, but... Here's a, here's a testament to Wachter, okay? I, uh, last week, I loaded up four things into my comic art fan gallery. Three pages published uh, interior artwork pages from Mr. Mateo Scalera. And then the uh, Beast commission that Dave Wachter did for me as part of his uh, Kickstarter... I can tell you that the Beast Commission has been viewed three times as much as a Scalera art <laughs> and has had like a half dozen comments on comic art fans already, um, which is unusual. It's not a play. I mean, you don't, it's not common to get more than one or two comments. So, uh, that is a testament because it's not as though, you know, there was some pretty heady other artwork being posted at the same time and it was, it was largely ignored for the sake of his Beast, uh, commission. So. Yeah. Dave is awesome. He's a great, he's, he's become a very good cartoonist, but in all seriousness, he's an awesome guy. I know we get a lot of questions from people when they're just getting started in the OA world and either don't have the money or don't feel comfortable dropping hundreds of dollars on, on artwork. Dave is a great, he's a phenomenal con, uh, commission artist. He, he's, his, his con commissions are incredibly detailed and, yeah. and fully composed for a very, very fair price. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He, he's he's gotten so his facility with the, the the gray tones adds value to his work because he does it fairly quickly and they they pop. His images pop. You you look at line art from a published page. It's more often than not just black and white line art. You look at a Dave Wachter commission mm-hmm. and it just it just jumps. Yeah, you're right. The, uh, uh, keeping down the list. Of, oh, go ahead. No, go no ahead. It's, um, his uh, there was a rocket raccoon that he posted recently from from the movie rocket and um i sent it to renee and she wanted to know if it was available like if this was someone else's picture if and whether or not she could just then 
let Dave know that she is close to, well, she IMs me and says that, you know, I'm his number one fan. You think he'll sell me that? I'm like, let's just find out when he's available to, to do something and, and we can talk to him about that. But Renee loves the man's artwork. That's all. Awesome. There, there aren't too many guys. I mean, she's also a big fan of Cho. She, there are artists that she likes, but she, she seems to have a, uh, some strange reason of a place in her heart for, for Dave. <laughs> Very good. Crazy. At table M5, a certain, very, very handsome man, uh, our, our, our own Don Cardenas will be set up at our table. Ah, nice. Yep. So very, very cool to see him set up, uh, with his own table and whatnot. And I think he's going to actually have a couple other peeps that we know there, although I don't have their names handy. I, he's listed as the table holder, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be a crew up set up with him. Uh, of course, Gabriel and Karina will be set up. Yes. Um, always bummed out when I, when we miss seeing them. Uh, Mr. Gary Brown, a fellow Scotsman and a righteously cool dude, um, most recently on the uh, uh, Catwoman series. And uh, we've got uh, Mr. Jeff Darrow, everyone's uh, favorite Buddhist in the comics world. The self-deprecating Darrow. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Mr. Hillary Barda, another person that uh, we I, we miss. I, I miss seeing him because it was C2E2O's when we would catch up with him typically and have a meal or, you know, just... He's always got the good stories about the old days, the good old days. One of Vince's favorites, Mr. Jim Calafiore. <laughs> be there, right? My face, my face is being sucked into a black hole. Dude, dude, dude. dude. Okay. <laughs> recent, recent eleven o'clock comics guest and uh, newly minted Eisner nominee, Mr. Jason Latour. Oh, By the man. way, Latour is traveling all over the godforsaken world right now on this yes. on this uh, Spider Gwen book. Yeah, he's like been in the Middle East. He's been all over Europe. Dude is 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 getting his travel on. And they're so smart. Who's coming up in Spider Gwen? What character? Daredevil. Very true. Very true. So smart. Uh, I no argument there. Uh, Mr. Jerome Opeña will be there. And I must say, as you guys know, Opeña, most of his art is pencils. That's shot. You know, his pencils are. They color in ink. I mean, they color and shoot right off his pencils. So I was very excited to see that his artwork from the Rage of Ultron OGN was in fact inked and available for sale. And then I was equally unhappy when I saw how much a page is going for. He has party's over. He has ascended to a level <laughs> that <laughs> that uh, puts him in rarefied air. He's not Todd yep. McFarlane expensive, but <laughs> there aren't many working artists today that charge well it's not him it's just but that that can fetch as much per page as he can fetch and i say that's awesome because we've been huge fans of his work for a long time and i love to see a dude getting paid but uh i'm also insanely uh jealous of folks because i don't own any of his art and it's it's at prices where now i fear for divorce if i were to secure one of them so so uh, in the meantime he will be there if you want to say hello um she'd never leave you Probably not. Mr. J.K. Woodward will be there, no doubt, uh, uh, proudly showing off his new book, Behemoth. No, because it's monkey brain. Well. If you oh, have an sure. iPad, he'll probably. Well, or pimping uh, his book, I guess. There you go, pimping. I like it. I yeah, like it. that's true. And, and, it, and we'll get a hard cover of it eventually through IDW, I assume, yeah. right? Because they've yeah. got that deal. So. But uh, fair enough. Thanks for making me look foolish. I appreciate that, that's, Dad. <laughs> that's cool. That's appreciate that. That's uh, another. one an- on Facebook. Another uh, recent uh, EOC uh, guest, Mr. Jonathan Hickman. He's got a few irons in the fire these days, so it might be worth talking to. I heard he's good. 
There's a dude here which I think is impersonating me. His name is Jonathan Woodard, but in it, it's listed as Jonathan quotes Master J Wood Woodard. <laughs> so I don't know what that's about, but if anyone that knows me, if you're there and he's claiming to be me, let me know because that's that's shady. Uh, it is shady, don't you think? I do. Mr. Treebeard himself, Kelly Williams, will be there. David and I met him last year at uh, Heroes, and he's another dude where. We, we can literally see, uh, I would put him, Dave Wachter, four years earlier. Like, in other words, seeing his work, being introduced to his work and then seeing it updated on Facebook and Twitter, uh, with relative frequency, you can already see how it's, it's a very, very steep acceleration of his skills. Like, it was, I, I, I dug his stuff when we saw him last year and then, you know, even a year later, I'm like, wow, I can't believe how, how good he's getting. So, uh, it, he's not a household name yet, but I, Think by you know this time next year or the year after he will be a uh, a featured guest at some of these cons instead of just sit up at Artist Alley. Uh, our 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 good buddy and another guest last year, Mr. Kari Randolph, will be there. Somebody just dropped cool. a statue or something. No, he's a cool. Guy. I put no, I put the beer bottle down. <laughs> a statue. Look at Vince. It's my tar- my tarot statue. It's just uh-huh. intense. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, our, our friend Raphael Sainz's favorite writer ever, Mr. Mark Wade will be there. Look at that. Uh, the best crumb catcher in all of comics, <laughs> Mr. Matt Kent will be there, hopefully sporting that ridiculous beard. <laughs> that, Have that, you seen you know, that beard? That is, that should go on it, tour by itself. I'm serious. It, it's a, Let that it's a serious beard. Yeah. yeah. I could never grow a beard like that if I wanted to. Uh, Mr. Michael Walsh up in that piece. Recent, recent and well deserving. It's nice to see because the book didn't sell that well. Eisner nominee, Mr. Mike Del Mundo, who absolutely killed it on Electra. And, uh, yes. it's awesome to see. Uh, of course, it's always a bummer that, uh, we won't be in Chicago because we won't see Mr. Mike Norton. But thankfully, Norton seemingly goes to every con. So hopefully we'll see him at other cons this year. I would run up to Mike and give him a big old, uh, me too. Big, big hug. For sure. The, uh, the Hickman Nicks, uh, as, as they're commonly referred to these days, Mr. Nick Dragata and Nick Patara, uh, will be there. We've got, uh, Mr. Paul Azaceta, uh, one of our favorite colorists and a dude who made our, our, our jam piece, uh, ex- excursions last year, David, all the cooler, Mr. Paul Mounts. Uh, Mr. Phil Hester will, uh, will be there. Mr. Ramon Perez. Uh, now, what's actually super cool and, and one of the people I'm most bummed about not seeing is, is Rick Remender because he essentially took all of 2014 off from the con circuit. Right. Um, so I guess, and I don't know if this is a one-off because I haven't seen him. I don't think he's at Heroes and I haven't seen him at Special Edition yet. So, so this may be one of your only chances to see Rick this year. Um, and, uh, he's worth seeing because he's been killing it. Uh, Mr. Robert Atkins, another longtime friend of the show. Some dude, I mean, I guess he's worth mentioning, Mr. Ryan Brown. It's like, <laughs> I guess. Um, but he's awesome. But if you really, if you really want to meet a Ryan at Artist Alley, I would instead recommend that you go to Mr. Ryan Lee's table or perhaps some dude named Stegman who's trying to break into the business. Slowly. Slowly through. indeed. You know, I wanted, I really wanted to go just to get um, the Tiger Eating the Cheeseburger vinyl pop. That yes. was awesome. Well, he yeah. may save you one. Yeah. No. Nope. Sell him. Sell him. The, uh, going back to, to Mike real quick, and I know that it's it's also on Friday, but there is a Battle Pug release party. Oh, neat. At Arcade Brewery. Cool. Uh, Hop, Battle Pug Hoppy Brown Ale, 
Uh, actually, it's, uh, it, re- it is released for distribution, I believe, tomorrow, Thursday. Um, but it is, uh, it's, um, Geek Bar Beta at, uh, B-A-R-B-E-T-A on Friday, April 24th. So, um, maybe stop on over there before you head over to the, uh, Indie Comic Expo. But either way, you'll have things to check out. But I, when you mentioned Mike, I, I remembered seeing, uh, so you can post on Facebook that the Battle Pug Ale will be available. Okay, cool. Uh, Miss Serena Guerra, who did an awesome Robin on David's jam piece and, and, and did a wasp for me. Uh, a guy who, um, I think he's got a future in this business. Uh, a dude named Scotty Young will be there. Oh, Scotty's going. Damn it. Yeah. So that's essentially mm. a home show for him. So, um, I think one of our, the first person to ever tell us about Kickstarter way back in the day. Uh, Mr. Steve Bryant will be there. Yay. Uh, uh, Terry Moore will be there. Uh, if, if, if anyone runs into Terry and he happens to have his, uh, his inks with him, <laughs> tell him that, that I have a bone to pick with him because he never has them when I see him. Uh, but maybe this year, maybe 2015 DAP will find Terry with inks. Who knows? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll corner him. Uh, Mike Norton's partner in the awesome revival, Mr. Tim Seeley. Boot, boot. Be there. Uh, one of our favorite, uh, people to see at cons and uh and a, a never-ending supporter of our show mr tom kelly of course oh nice he set up a table k5 uh and uh k for kelly say what k for kelly k for kelly yep sesame street in the house <laughs> yes sir <laughs> look at you you're all you're all up in it yo good enough for me uh, so who else is going to be there? You got more? Or? Uh, we're wrapping up here. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, these are all artist alley people. There are, of course, I guess some other people that are in the special guest category that maybe aren't set up at tables, but, uh, folks like, uh, Amanda Connor and Greg Tokini, which I would love to, to see his work in person. That would be awesome. Uh, Max Brooks is going to be there, which is pretty cool. Yay. Uh, World War Z. Uh, Stan the Man Lee will be there. All right. I'm happy about that. Uh, Scott Snyder will be there for all you Bat- Batman and American Vampire fans. That, that'll about do and it. Like I said, there's another 250 to 300 people that we didn't mention. But point is, if you're into comics, whether it be writers, artists, colorists, what have you, um, you're going to have a field day at uh, Artist Alley this year. That's a power list. Yeah, it's a really strong list. Well, before we move on, I just want to make uh, the peeps aware of something that is on the stands right now. And I have a thank you. I, I do not usually recommend this magazine to anyone because the quality it varies month, uh, however, the, whatever the frequency of the magazine is, I get it mailed to me. Um, but on the cover of the Rolling Stone this nice. month, it is issue one two three four. Easy to remember. Uh, cover date May seventh, twenty fifteen. He's got heart. He's got soul, and he's very very angry. The Hulk. Is on the cover of the Rolling Stone. Yeah. Um, back in the day, the, the Hulk was also on the cover of the Rolling Stone, as drawn by Mr. Herb Trimpey, and I believe Severin inked it, uh, but I can't be sure. But there, there's a, a pretty long interview with Mark Ruffalo in here, and among other things, and it's pimping the Avengers movie hard, as you would expect. Um, in addition to that. There's a nice article on George Clinton. If you don't know who he is, <laughs> you are not my friend. Right Seriously, you're not my friend. But, um, yes, go pick up the Rolling Stone because there's a little bit of teasers for the Avengers. Um, I didn't read the whole thing, so I can't really say if there's 
spoilers or not. I would think there wouldn't be. But um, if you're excited for Age of Ultron as, as much as I am, go pick up the Rolling Stone. Sweet. Yeah. Now, uh, just one quick question: Is is uh is Mark Ruffalo uh, in any way related to Mark Ruffalo, or is that? I I think it might be his cousin. Okay. It's actually oh, you guys are mean. You're, you're just plain mean. You know I can't pronounce shit right. Ru- Ruffalo is when he is Bruce Banner. I think. Didn't I say Ruffalo? No, but it's it's not Ruffalo. It's not. No. Well, that Mark guy that plays the Hulk in the Avengers movies is in the magazine. Oh. Oh, okay. me feel bad. Now. The, uh, well, <laughs> that seems to be the theme tonight. The, um, I have a couple of thank yous. One is from long time forum member going back to the old form listener of the show. Uh, all around pretty swell dude, even though he kind of like lives down in the, um, like New Mexico way. Uh, from Mr. Dave Jordan, I have his comic, uh, where do we go from here? Here. It's a nice little black and white, um, self-published first issue. Um, I'm looking forward to the second. Uh, Dave was kind enough to personalize, literally personalize this issue uh, because there is a drawing of our cat Sasha inside. Ah, it's uh, but it is it's it's a really cool. Um, it's it. It has that. It, it reminds me of of um, when Scott McCloud would have the uh, the small press minute back page in, in back of amazing heroes. It, it reminds me of those types of, of books. It's very, very small press. Very, um, do you realize what you just said? You compared Dave Jordan to Scott McCloud and I'm, and I'm not calling you out on it because you know, no, you know what? It fits. That's, it's a very good comparison. Cause yeah, I read it too. Um, and David's right. It, it does feel like Scott McCloud. It, it's got a, it's got a Zot air to it. Not, you know the superhero. No, it does. Yeah, the, yeah. The the uh, it's it's fairly low key. You want to tell them what it's about? It's uh, not without kind of painting a picture. I don't want anybody to have any preconceived notions, but it's it's about um, two people. It is it's a very slice of life. Um, uh, just there are people who know each other. It's 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 a. It's a um, uh, Damn. Two women it's, that would, that have a shared history. Yes. An, un, an unfortunate shared yeah. history. Mm. Uh, so you kind of see some of the, the, the fallout from that, or, or the, they're, they're trying to mend that, uh, that relationship or, or, uh, you know, put any bridges that were maybe burned back together. But it is a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a pretty, I think it's a really strong, it's a really good start. Um, you'll be able to yeah. read it soon, Jason. Um, but it's a, uh, it's, if, if you can get yourself to, um, let's see, you can go to that, at that Dave Jordan on, uh, Twitter or Instagram. Um, but you can, uh, you can find him on the internet, DaveJordanArt.com. Get this first issue. Uh, I would definitely, um, I would definitely recommend, I mean, Vince mentioned, be one earlier. It, it is in that vein. It's, it's very just, it's, it's personal. It's, I'm putting this out there. This is, I'm not saying it's, it's autobiographical in any way, but it is, it's just, listen, it's, it, he's putting himself out there and, and mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I think it's, I, I, I really, really like it. I'm, I'm looking forward to the second issue. It, it's something I, uh, I would definitely recommend. Um, and there's, there's a latent dialogue balloon. I love when that happens. Like there, there's one panel where someone's talking to the main character, Joe, and it's just her 
and the person that is talking to her is off panel so the dialogue balloon the the tail goes goes points off panel yes and then in the next panel she's responding to that person's um statement but you still see traces of the original dialogue balloon i love when people do that that is that is so great because it right because it's 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 an instant that spans two panels but it's lightning fast but you you get this sense of well obviously there's there's a span of time in there but it's just it's just playing with the medium like david said and i think that is so cool yeah. when they do it's, that it's the opposite of like if if you get a bendis if you get a comic from bendis and and there's like six panels but it's just two people having a, a, a silent conversation but you 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 get the beats as as this, as this conversation is taking place this is this is the opposite of that it is uh, like 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 Vince said, it's it's happening very quickly, and and the the previous conversation, the first person's what they said hasn't left the air yet before the next person, and it it's it's a really clever trick, and it's not something that's used too often because they you right. don't want you really don't want I guess too many people, there are a lot of people who I guess don't want to um, force or or really. Um, Put the accent on on how fast time is happening in in, in a comic book panel. They they, they kind of need a little bit of that uh, that padding. So, but it, it's I yeah no I I'm looking forward for to to Jason to read it because it's I, I think yeah. he'll dig it. Cool. There's a quartet of uh, nine panel grids too, which is really tough to do. And he uses every inch of the page. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it there's a juxtaposition of the the two characters' uh, daily activities. Um, and there's <laughs> yeah. The center panel is the same. Well, similar, very, very similar in, in both, uh, women's lives. And he just, um, but it, when you see the, the, the contrast between Joe, who works in a donut shop and Renee, yeah, yeah. who, who, um, has a desk job, it, it's very, very different, but the, the monotony is still the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. Very, very well done. So, yeah, I think Dave Jordan, uh, killed it. I also have to uh, thank Mr. Steve Raker for uh, he came by yesterday because uh, Steve and I and Andrew Shaw uh, and Andrew's friend Chris all uh, hung out yesterday while uh, Andrew's on his whirlwind tour of a few of these United States before he heads to Chicago for C2E2. But Steve, on his way out of the house, left a uh, I had to, I'm going to take a picture of this. I had this. So many years ago. This is a tour comic. This is, uh, this is all in one great paperback. This is a, um, it's, it's basically, what is that? It is a black and white from, from, from 1982. I'm trying to see if it actually tells me, um, no, it does not say which issues are included, but these, it's, it's a paperback, mass market paperback size. Um, reprint of multiple early Wolfman Perez New Teen Titans issues. Get out of here! In, in, paper in paperback form? form, it's it's from DC Comics Presents, and this is like issue three. Yeah, it's like the first maybe five or six issues. It's um, but it I is. Had, I, th- th- you're boggling my mind. I, I had no idea I, that even existed. I will take a picture. This this is it's um. These are the new Teen Titans and represented here for the first time anywhere are their first four. All right, so the first four issues. Uh, first four action-packed adventures, learn the incredible origin. What is the secret of the terrible Terminator? Who are the fearsome five? And uh, it's 
uh, all in one great trade paperback. It, this, this, yeah, from 1982. And he also, this, the Teen Titans book I, I had in the past, but this is, um, these I haven't seen. These are, uh, Spider-Man comics magazine and they are small, um, thin, shrunken versions of Amazing Spider-Man issues going back with, um, to issue 50, originally presented in 51. So John Romita Jr., uh, John Romita Sr., um, there are 13 issues here and, uh, I have not started reading them yet, but they, uh, that's a Jim Starlin cover. Shame. Shame on you. But they, uh, well, because I'm sure most of the stories I've read before, but I'll, I'll take pictures of the, oh, wait, that's, I'm pretty sure that's the, um, that might have some Gwen Stacy going on, but the, uh, it's, yeah. Now you're talking. There's 13 of these and, uh, cover price 150. They're, they're very similar in size, maybe slightly larger events, uh, of the, um, the Digest Side Adventure comics that you find all the right. Aquaman stories in. They're, they're similar to that, much thinner. They're, they're, they're only, um, Maybe an issue or two, maybe three in in each, but it's uh, it's yeah, they're, they're reprints. They're they're just shrunken, and it's 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 pretty cool. But uh, I'll 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 take pictures. I'll post them on the Facebook page and on the forum. Awesome. You know, speaking to Jim Starlin, I was going through my uh, database, and um, I'm trying to amass an entire Valiant uh, run, uh, both old and new, and I have a hole in in one of my uh, runs. And uh, remember Unity 2000? You don't remember? Well, I remember of it. I didn't read it. Okay. I have issues one and two. No no big shakes. I don't have issue number three. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I pulled up the database and I looked at what issue number three of Unity 2000 is going for. Like 70 bucks. If I'm not <laughs> thinking, mistaken, that's one of Tomio's big, like he loves that book. Well, I guess the series was truncated uh, because that's when... Everything, you know, hit the brakes. But uh, number three was the last issue of the miniseries. And for some reason, I guess low print run, um, whatever, it goes for like what I consider stupid money, like 70 bucks for a, a Valiant book. But um, and I know some Valiant books go for that and more. But uh, the tail end of Valiant, I didn't expect that kind of price on that. But you just you said Starlin that jogged my memory. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's that's it. Just a little exclamation point. So now that we're an hour into the show, we're gonna talk about some comics. <laughs> yeah. Talk about the show. <sighs> I got something. Of course you do. And I think David will join me on this. Okay. Well, will you not, Mister Price? Maybe. You know what I read? What you read? I do. I know, fired up. I fired up the old the old Wayback Machine. This thing was was calling to me from the shelf for a long, long time. And, and I, I finally acquiesced because it is one of my all-time favorite books in, in, in both, uh, story and, let's say, form factor. Yes. Because, because it is a treasury edition. And I will go as far to say it is the greatest treasury edition. There was maybe one that came before. Well, no, there's more than there one that came one, before. There was one that, well, there, there was one that came before with these two particular companies. Right. right it right. is not, it is not the first intercompany crossover. That honor goes to the Wizard of Oz thing yes. that uh, Marvel and DC did. But this is the greatest intercompany crossover. Let's be honest. And, and if, if you are going to read it, if you are going to 
add this to your collection. Please, please. Buy the original. Buy the original. Seriously. I mean, it's, that, it's great to have, cause, cause I have, I have the heart, I have the, uh, the trade of, of the, the first few, um, Marvel and DC crossovers. And, and I, one of my favorite, yes, this, I, I would, I would agree with Vince that this is the greatest followed very closely for me. Um, with Superman, Muhammad Ali. No. Ah. That's not intercompany. That's, that's, uh, it's, uh, Uncanny X-Men, New Teen Titans. But, oh, yes. um, <laughs> but the, the, uh, the trade, the recoloring on, on the, in the trade or, or even via comicsology is not as good right. as the original. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so spend the bucks on the original, but, um, I am talking about a book written by the awesome Jerry Conway. <laughs> Who, uh, wrote my amazing Spider-Man Golden Age, uh, drawn by the incomparable Ross Andrew, uh, who, um, may or may not be the best Spider-Man artist, but for my money, he's my favorite. And inks by Dick Giordano, letters by the legend, Mr. Gaspar Saladino, and there, there is a, a small, um, addition to these credits, which I will go into later. They bamboozled us. Over the years, I did not know this, <laughs> but, but there were, there were a lot more hands in the kitchen than were credited, um, in this thing, but it is the awesome Superman versus the amazing Spider-Man from DC and Marvel cover price, $2, $2, and again, I, I think, you know, no hyperbole, one of the greatest covers ever. Yeah. Uh, Jason's not disagreeing with me, so he must believe it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. I'm just letting you go. Yeah. I saw this thing advertised in, in, in the Marvel books, and I'm like, I have to have this. I haunted the newsstand for weeks until it came in. I saved my money, and, I, and I, as soon as I saw it, I grabbed it, bought it, took it home, read it like 10 times. And over the years, I don't even – I've lost count of how many times I've read this. But recently, it's got to be a good – good 10 years since i've read it so i jumped in and man you know it's goofy as hell but it's as it's as good as as i remember it being um first off how do they explain that metropolis is in the same physical space the same geographic roughly location as manhattan how do they explain that answer they don't they they just it, it just is, you know. There, there's no fancy shenanigans going on on how these two characters actually met. It's just taken for granted that they live and operate on the same planet. That is so refreshing. There's no malarkey going right. on like, oh, you know, there's there's a cosmic cube Solar involved. Clips. No, nothing. They're just like, yeah, okay, let's get on a plane, go to Manhattan. Okay. But there's a number of prologues. There's a an amazing number of prologues to this thing. You don't get into the story till well past half the book. Yeah. Kind of like our show. Right. Yes. The, it is exactly like our show. The, the first prologue, it's Luther versus Superman, as it should be. And Lex uses a giant robot to break into Star Labs to steal this eensy teensy programming circuit that, that, you know, you could access satellites, program satellites with this thing. A gigantic robot to steal a little circuit. That's like, 
you know, killing a flea with a, with, with a nuke. But that's Luther, right? And, and it, it gives us, it gives the creative team the amazing opportunity to create one of my favorite double page spreads ever. With the robot smashing through the building and Superman com- coming in at the end. What's going on here? Did we lose Jason? Did we? No, there's a prop. Yeah, we lost Jason. Uh-huh. Oh well, I'll keep going. And, um, it's just, it's an amazing spread. And, and here's where, here's <laughs> where the, uh, the, uh, shenanigans in the creative teams go. This was not only inked by Dick Giordano. Yeah, yeah. A- at the time, Dick was, um, connected to Neil Adams Continuity Studios. And, uh, Mr., uh, Giordano's assistant at the time was one Terry Austin. And Terry Austin inked a lot of the, the huge spreads in this book. And, and I didn't know at the time, but going back and looking for it, he left little clues in, in the, the, uh, signage of Metropolis. There's a Terry's bar on page two. There's an Austin bakery on page three. Like I, I didn't even, I didn't know to look for that as a kid, but now it just, it grabs you by the throat. And, and also because, um, of Giordano's continuity studios connection, he left pages there to be inked. And like Murray Boltonoff before him, uh, Mr. Adams didn't think, uh, some of the depictions of the Man of Steel were up to snuff. So he redrew Ross Andrews Superman. Of course he did. The faces. And Ramita Jr., Ramita, sorry, Ramita Sr. redrew some of the faces of the Bugle Gang. Now, I'm cool with that now, but I don't see the need to redraw Ross Andrew. <laughs> the guy's, the guy's perfect. He had extensive runs on both Amazing Spider-Man and the Superman books. He, he was well versed in the whole cast and the heroes. Like, why would you redraw Ross Andrew? It's just, it, it it's just tinkering for the sake of tinkering. The guy, in my estimation, is perfect, right? But whatever. So, Luther steals this chip. Superman traces him back, um, to this undersea lab. Collars him, brings him in. Meanwhile, back in Manhattan, Doc Ock, who in this book has a flying octopus, <laughs> has his goons rob something very important from the Metropolitan Museum. Ock is hiding his flying octopus in a blimp. And of course, Spidey catches on, shreds the blimp, nabs Doc Ock. But wouldn't you know, both villains are brought to the same penitentiary. It's the Federal Maximum X Security Penitentiary Number One. That's a mouthful. They meet and they share stories and they're like, all right, wait a minute. You haven't had very good luck against your arch nemesis. I haven't had very good luck against mine. What do you say we switch? Maybe, you know, maybe the, the freshness, the newness, the, the, the heroes don't know us. Maybe we'll get the jump on them and we'll team up and we'll win. And wouldn't you know it? There's a world news conference in Manhattan. And if there's a news conference, chances are very good that the staff of the Daily Planet will be there. So they hop on a plane, go to Manhattan, and who do they bump into? The Bugle Gang. With that, uh, gold digger hussy in tow. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, long story short, something disguised as Superman zaps Lois and Mary Jane. <laughs> 
and makes him disappear. Clark and Peter freak out. Clark acts, you know, based on Spider-Man's bad rep. He's also always read in, in the bugle that, you know, Spider-Man's an, uh, a menace. He's a, he's a terrible, terrible person. He does all these bad things. Thank you, Jonah. And, uh, so Clark, uh, sorry, Superman tries to bring Spider-Man in and Peter acts based on what he has seen. He just saw Superman zap his woman and this other woman who he was kind of flirting with. Lois kind of was digging Peter for, for a lot of pages. Um, but the only way Spider-Man could ever go up against Superman is Lex Luthor doses Peter with red sun radiation. So he can go the distance or so we think with Superman. He, he's punching him like Superman's like, whoa, this, this, he, his guy's stronger than I heard. He's giving me, you know, the, the runaround. But unfortunately, the red sun radiation wears off and it culminates in one of my opinion, one of the greatest sequences in all of comics. And that's when Superman is throwing a punch right at Spider-Man's head and he realizes, what the hell am I doing? If I connect with this punch, I will kill him. And he pulls his punch, but the force of the blow is enough to knock Spider-Man for a, you know, a loop. That, when I read that as a kid, I was like, there is nothing better than this. This is the greatest book ever. Uh, let's see if Jason's back while I'm doing this. He's not. I'm gonna try and get him. But it all, I mean, it's a, it's a really goofy story. It all leads to Mount Kilimanjaro and the Injustice League satellite. Lex overrides the controls on, on this Comlab 1 satellite and, and wreaks havoc with lasers on Earth. It, it, it's very silly stuff. But, but it's just, it's an amazing book. The, the, the art is spectacular. There are so many double page spreads in this yeah. thing. Super Superman pulling Spider-Man through the air on oh, web skis. skis. On web skis. And I, I can't even comment on it. And like, um, single page splashes too. Like when, when Superman pulls his punch. Right, yeah. Yeah. Spider-Man just like flings across the page and, and it's a giant splash. And the, the perspective is amazing on that page. The, the horizon line is, is at like a, a, a seriously disturbed angle yep. and, and it's just amazing um gaspar saladino with the with the onomatopoeia the sound effects oh this thing is perfect it is the perfect comic lois is hot she's cozying up to P- peter's got the stupid sweater on yeah. remember and it's Ross the same Andrew- the same pattern throughout every panel it's, yeah it's amazing and and with the bell-bottom jeans and the boots and Jonah is like Dick, yep. uh, as he usually is. It's just, oh, so is Morgan Edge. But all of the characters are rendered so beautifully by Andrew. They, the, yes, the, 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 and and you can also, but it, now that you're older, you you can see the different mm-hmm. hands that that brought I, characters to uh, or fixed or what have you. But I mean, I don't. It, it doesn't look like anything was rushed. But yes, there were multiple hands involved in and uh, right. And some of the figures. Um, I don't even think I read the credits back in the day. I knew that my favorite Spidey artist was drawing it. That that's all I had to know. I I have to admit, when I was when did this come out? Seventy three. Let's see. I'll look at the. This came out in seventy six, so I was eleven. And uh, at eleven years old, I don't know. I'm looking at anchors. You know what I mean? I'm just looking at the guy that drew the pictures. In, to me, the guy that drew the pictures, that was it. And that was Ross Andrew. And I'm like, oh, 
I need to have this. Look at that cover. It's amazing. It is a great cover. Someone should do a breakdown on the composition of that cover. There, there's a perfection to it that just sings. And it, 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 it it's like the golden mean. You, you change something significant, uh, you know, slightly and the whole thing just crumbles. And it's, that's a cover that's been, um, uh, aped millions of times. And I exaggerate, but a lot. Um, I think the last time we've seen this, was the um there was an amazing spider-man cover during big time no yeah. it was it was after big time because they introduced um alpha right it was the alpha it was like um, 697 698 or something but right. um there is a uh the genesis of the cover does appear and probably the inside cover of of the uh of the treasury edition um andrew had a couple of ideas um or actually even infantino Carmen Infantino, who was the um, who was the publisher at the time, he had layouts for the cover. Things have been tweaked, but it's it's a fantastic cover, and it, it gives you that sense of um, well, fearlessness with with Spider Man for to be up there in the air from that angle. It's just get vertigo just going against staring Superman. at it, and Superman swooping in from the side. It's they. It, it's they, they, they don't specifically uh, tackle this in, in the book, but if Superman wanted to, he could come at Spider-Man so fast he wouldn't even know he was there. Right. But they, they don't go into that because they got to level the playing field to a certain extent, hence the red sun radiation. But I was rooting for Spidey through the whole thing. Of course. Thing. And, yeah. and you have uh, – it, it it is of this era. They, they didn't – I mean it's not necessarily canon, but it's not um, – this is pre-businessman Luthor. This is this is mad scientist with the purple tunic and, and Pur- purple green and green. and yeah. and, yeah. and the uh, so it's and it's super and it's it's Doctor Oct- yes and superpowers Luthor. Doc Ock is in his prison cell with his arms, whereas you know you know a story like that today. Why don't you just use your arms to break free? So you do a lot of uh, suspension of of disbelief when you read it, but it is it's it's of that era. They weren't trying to make anything up that didn't happen in either companies or either heroes um book or 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 uh you know that that's who spider-man is and this is who superman is and and it just it's he's that big blue boy scout and that came through i think conway did a um did a great job with bringing the story to life and it's but for me as much as i love it it is because of of the novelty of it. it it it's not a um it's not one of the best stories ever, but it is, it's, it's a great, um, it, it just, it brings back so many memories, so many feelings, and it's, it's, it's indicative of what, um, good things can happen between the big two publishers and, and the stories they can make you feel. Yep. Yep. Uh, Superman bashes Doc Ock against a wall yes. and his, and his glasses fly yes. off. I was like, did we ever see that before? I don't remember ever Doc Ock losing his. I'm sure I'm wrong, but in this one, it's just like he hit him so hard, Ock's glasses came off. Like what the hell? It's and and um, Ock is in the green and orange. Ah, I love that. Should be a staple, green and orange for Doc Ock. But uh, it's it's it takes uh, place obviously in Metropolis, in Manhattan, in space. It's all over the place. it's it, it's goofy as hell. Spider-Man gets flung through a um, an, an art a museum, an art museum, and he goes through the sculpture. 
Yes. Yeah. Well, he kind of he 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 twists his body when uh, yeah. when so and and again and that's another thing where it messes with the perspective. So you can uh, you get the yeah. sense of of Spidey's prowess. Um, and as, as I'm flipping through it, it's there's man. I'm surprised the Krusty Bunkers weren't weren't credited for this. I mean, <laughs> when when Superman's flying back from the uh, from the satellite, that bottom panel. That's 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 almost. Miller esque. I mean, that, that's nobody yeah. else who's been mentioned it in this book. It's, it could be Jansen. It, it's not as 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 gritty, but yeah, I mean, it's it's no, just. But it's, it's the the shadow on the uh, and, and the the, the midsection, the thick line on the um, mm-hmm. on the arm. It's, but it's oh come on, look at the the profile in the panel that says um if you're right. That's what I'm term- saying. That, that that looks like Marv from Sin City almost. Yeah, that's I'm I'm thinking that's Jansen, man. Well, Miller was never really big on inking other people, so it very well could be Jansen. But it just it reminds me of Miller. They should amend the credits to say uh, inked by everybody in the Marvel and DC bullpen, and the the tidal wave. That's there's no way that's a Giordano ink, no way, <laughs> because it's it's uh, oh it's yeah. Beautiful. It's gloriously sloppy, and if there's one thing that Giordano was not, no. it was sloppy. Yeah. yeah. But um, and then there's some dot pattern uh, dot screens here and there, and it's 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 rare, but they're in here. So it's like they were they were playing with everything in this book. I just love it. Oh my god, I, it, it's it's my happy place. And uh, that thing you were talking about the the breakdowns of the cover sketches, that's in the inside back cover. Back cover, okay. Yeah, how this famous cover was born, and uh, you have to admit the the final version. It's just, it sings it. They nailed it. The, the, uh, the horizontal where Spider-Man, Superman, Spider-Man doesn't work. It's boring. Then you got the one where, um, the up angle where Superman's going up against Spider-Man. Spider-Man's too small. He should be just as big as Superman. Uh-huh. And then, um, in, in the one version of the famous cover, Superman's a little too small and Spider-Man's very prominent. So I could see why they shot that one down. But the, the, the final version, Bazinga. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. Boom. Did you really so just enough. say Bazinga, dude? I did. You said sick. I could say Bazinga. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> if really, if if you are of any age and have not read Superman versus the Amazing Spider-Man, um best case, get get an original, it'll run you about twenty, thirty bucks by now. Uh, but even if you have to read the reprint, just just do it because it is so much fun. You, your little kid mm-hmm. inside will be jumping for joy. It's, it's just perfect comics. And yeah, that is you know said with my rose-colored glasses firmly uh, on the bridge of my nose. But still, it's just fun, just unpretentious, just beautiful, beautifully drawn, and and uh, amazingly fun comics. Agreed. Yep. It's like heroin. <laughs> yeah, I had to ruin it. So you're glowing. I am. Fucking glowing. What do we got, Jason? Since you've been uh, gone for a little while. Since you've been gone. Uh, so you guys know we went to the Universal Studios uh, a couple weeks back at the Fam, and they have a pretty cool Men in Black uh, ride slash experience. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. So we're we're doing it and all, and, and then the kids are like, "Oh, Men in Black." You know, we've never seen these movies. Are they any good? Oh shit! And I say, "Oh yeah, they're you know they're, they're, they're especially the first one. It was a lot of fun. You know, big, you know, big Will Smith and all that." And uh, so we got we got home, 
we had made a little mental note to the next night we had to, to movie do a movie night. We would watch Men in Black. So put on Men in Black uh, last weekend, and we're watching it as a family. And the credits roll. Uh oh. And <laughs> I notice in the credits it says based on the Marvel comic. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? I'm the original man. publisher, but yeah. So I'm like, you can't. Yeah. So I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, oh what? shit. So I'm like, wait a minute. I don't have any. This is baffling. I have no idea. <laughs> so as you guys clearly do know, because you're older and you have better, <laughs> better, this is more your time. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you're you're you guys have already spoiled the punchline, which is that uh, Men in Black is a fuck was a fucking comic by Air Cell. Which then got acquired by Malibu, which then of course got acquired by Marvel, and so I guess by the time yep. the movie came along, it was technically a Marvel comic, although not really. So that shocked me. Screw both y'all. <laughs> but it got me thinking about the fact that there are a shit ton of movies over the years that have been uh, made from comics, and while it's very much a popular thing now, we're all acutely aware of it because these are major tentpole films now. It got me thinking about the films that have been based on comics that perhaps are a little more obscure or the fact that they're tied to comics historically are would be a little more surprising to people. Hmm. So I went to the internets and I pulled down a list of movies that were based on comic books. And, Before we move on, yes. can, I, can I do one thing? Mm-hmm. My favorite line from Men in Black mm-hmm. comes from Vincent D'Onofrino. Enough for no. Shit. Shit. I, I, I said I was going to do it right. You know you're Italian, right? I know, but I just can't. Whenever they got the, the, the apostrophe in there, it just fucks me up. Yeah, okay. It's, it's D'Onofrio. Yes. Right? Correct. D'Onofrio. Give me sugar (laughs) in water. I love that line. But anyway. Well, my, uh, Colin, my oldest actually drank sugar water at the restaurant the next night after seeing the movie to see what it would Give be like. Me sugar. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. Fuck, so, I messed that name up again. You did. So I pulled down a list of all of the, the, the films that are based on comic book work and was scanning for movies that might be surprising, uh, to folks. Um, so I thought we could make a little game and could see clearly you guys are going to be good at this because you fucking knew that Men in Black was a comic. Can you think off the top of your head any movies that you've that you know of that are based on comics but but are not something that would be overtly obvious to people? So no American Splendor. No, that would count. I mean, I think a lot of people that have seen American Splendor wouldn't know that that was a comic, right? Ghost World. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes, Ghost World. Um, One that caught me from the Art School Confidential. Right. Uh, Black Mask. Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. From Hell. You, yes, good one. You, wait, wait, wait. You've never seen Black Mask? I, mean, I don't recommend no, it. No, 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 I have. I'm just, I'm making sure it's on the list, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jet Li is yep. in it. Um, oh, that's right. Oh, Time Cop. Yes, that's one of the ones I had highlighted. Time Cop. I had no idea that was a comic. Dark <laughs> Horse. Now, do we have to limit this to um, United States, or can we go abroad? Well, I I had three lists. The other two were um, were European comic based and j- Japanese, and I excluded them only because, especially with the Japanese manga, there have been so many movies, Japanese movies made based on manga. It's 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 uh, almost analogous to if any popular manga was turned into either an animated, uh, you know, an anime or, or or a film. So I excluded those. 
because that, that in and of itself was hundreds and hundreds of films. But because right. there's a shit ton out of Italy. Oh yeah. Yes, yes, many, many European, yeah. many horror movies and stuff. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, the, Danger Diabolic. Um, yep. The Del Bonk Sec. The um. There have uh, been like eleven or twelve movies made after Phantomas. Uh, yeah. Oh right, yeah, yeah. and uh, Criminal with a K. Uh, what's the other one? Um, satanic. Uh, what the D- even Dylan Dog? There's a Dylan yes. Dog movie. Yeah, there is with uh, Brandon Ralph. One that surprised me, uh, Virus. Remember that movie, Virus? Yeah, I, that's a Dark Horse book. Dark Horse did a lot because they also did Barbed Wire. Yep. Yep. Um, Weird Science, which I guess I understand why they're saying that, but I I never really put. I mean, I thought that was kind of a loose. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Um, one that um, I didn't realize that there was a. Did you guys know there was a Turok movie made? I know there was a video game. Yeah, because well, it was a yeah. claim, but yeah. No, I did not. Hmm. How about Mystery Men? Yep, Bob Bird. Yes, very good. Very good. Yep. But was there? That. But but was there a Mystery Men comic? Because I know that they were part of Flaming Carrot. Right, they were, there was they were in Flaming Carrot, and there was there was I think there was a, a couple one shots. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's funny, Jason. You mentioned Weird Science because I just looked up at my desk, and I do have the EC Archive Weird Science Volume One, and I'm like, right. yeah, that's true. It's it is the name of the movie. Uh, the Crow, of course. Yeah, yes. I, see, I, didn't I know think that either. We're, really? We're over, yeah. Dude, you. Oh <laughs> man, that is one of my favorite stories. As, really? As, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, it's. It's um. Why are you laughing, Vince? I hate that movie. <laughs> no, I'm not talking I, about the movie. I mean, the movie. The, the movie breaks my heart because it's fucking Brandon Lee's last movie. Right. But it's right. and and I did. I had to. I took a couple of friends. I'm like, I love this comic. We're gonna go see this movie. We did see the movie, and and you know, all right, cool. uh, call call bang. Fuck, I'm dead. I mean, it's 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 a funny <laughs> ass movie, but it's, sum it's, up the crow in one sentence. <laughs> call call bang. I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead. It's it's um. But no, the, 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 the James O'Barr issues, those, those were, I mean, cause they, they were nice, thick issues. I, I want to say like three issues, but it was, it, it was, it was basically taken from a, um, a true story that, that, that he just adapted into, into the comic. But, um, yeah, no, the, the comic first. And then, yeah, there was a movie made about it, but it is yeah. one of my favorite. I mean, I don't, I don't think I have the issues anymore, but that is one of my favorites. Uh, Road I, the, to Perdition, I, probably one of the of course acclaimed. Yeah, that I think most people right. that saw it wouldn't realize it was a comic. No, I th- I think the big stinky ugly elephant in the room, um, and I I'm, I feel safe in saying this is Tank Girl. Yes, that's on the list. I mean, I, what, I think we, I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan. Yeah, of that what a what a stinker! <laughs> that that killed Laurie Petty's career. I agree. Kill it. Kill it. Uh, yeah, I agree with that actually. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she's a great actress actor actress she's she's amazing um but that there's just it the film is just a mess and well, she's great in point break she's great in everything yeah uh you guys are getting most of the ones that i that struck me that people might not realize um let's see here yeah i mean there's no other ones that are kind of jaw-dropping i don't think i think everything else is pretty much well known too uh, a recent one which which again i I didn't know this was a comic until after I saw the film, which is Two Guns. Oh, okay. I didn't know it was a comic. Yeah, with Denzel and and, and, and Marky Mark. Uh, Mark. 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 Yeah. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Um, there was. Uh... Oh, and A History of Violence was the other one. Oh, right, right, right. I think that's a great movie, and I'm pretty sure Avigo was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for that, if I'm not mistaken. 
I, oh, I, there's a oh, sub- oh. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying there's a subcategory to this. Um, comic book movies that, that, um, feature very popular, well, reasonably popular characters and the films have languished in obscurity. Um, oh, sure. Oh, I could bang those. Yeah. I, that, that's, that's right. Those, those I didn't count in this discussion, right? Cause to your point, I mean, these are ones we know existed, but we're like, you're saying almost like B or C movies that have popular characters. Right. Right. The, the Man Thing movie is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. That was, uh, and I still remember that that was on cable all the time. All the time. Yeah. What? And all it, the time. And, and always, and, and the one scene, well, there were two scenes. There was, there was the fucking scene at the dinner table where he shrunk homeboy. But the other scene when, uh, when, when Swampy's trying to like grow his arm back and he's reaching through, through the sunlight, through the cell. Oh, yeah. 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 Those two scenes always freak me the hell out. Yep. Yep. Here's, let's put it this way. Uh, Swamp Thing 2 is a masterpiece compared to that man. What saying is that? Surrogates with, uh, Bruce Willis is one. Yes. Very much so. Um, White Out. Oh, yes. And 30 Days of yeah. Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one that fits into the Vince category of, of, of B movies that have characters, uh, Archie to Riverdale and back again. Oh my yes. God. Because that was, mm-hmm. that was right around the time as the spirit TV movie. The spirits on here. Exactly. That would count as certainly in this. Uh, <laughs> I like that movie. Uh, cool. That's the Sam Smith one or the, the, what the hell was his name? Cause he How was also the, Flash Gordon. Remember the Nick Fury TV movie featuring yes, Hasselhoff they, as Nick Fury? Uh, uh, I do yeah. remember the X-Force one. No. Seriously? <laughs> what? It's, oh it's my god, bad. dude. Just stop. What the what? It's, it was, yeah, a, it, was it was a Fox movie. It was, it was, it was a channel, well, here was channel five, but it was, it was a Fox TV movie. Okay. And All it's, right. Uh, cool. It's, what's his face? No, it's no, not. No, cool. it isn't. It is. <laughs> now there's uh, a Doctor Strange TV movie from 1978 that I have no recollection of. Yep. Uh, Timothy Dalton, I think. No, no, no. Get no. out. No, it wasn't. It was, uh, but you can, if you do a Google for like Doctor Strange movie, you'll see the, cause the dude was wearing a turtleneck. Hilarious. Yeah. You're like uh, a Nehru jacket and shit. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like that. Who was that? Um, oh damn it. I hate when I can't remember stuff. Did you know that, do you guys remember that there was a hardware movie? Yes. I did not. And I didn't remember that there was a sequel to Heavy Metal. Um, yes. Fact 2000. It's yeah. really bad. Really it must bad. have been because I did. I, I, the, when Heavy Metal the first one came out in 1981, that was one of the first movies that was on cable that I tried to sneak because it had like boobies and stuff. It was so it was naughty. <laughs> you know, my opinion on the original Heavy Metal has changed over the years. I love that movie when it came mm-hmm. out. Now I can only watch um, certain sequences. I, the whole thing just falls flat. Mm. Just because we've been we've been uh, choked with really right. good animation and that was you know back in the day that they only had certain uh technology do you guys remember the josie and the pussycats movie from 2001 i do but it, i don't remember who was in it Shit, no i'm sorry it, it was, was the girl from uh she's all that and she was josie i'm pretty sure i can't think of her name right now and uh there were a bunch of i'm pretty sure rosaria dawson was in it right mm. david's gonna say generation that's no Generation X was the name of the movie. It wasn't X Force, bro. Right. That's what. Oh, I was gonna, right. Okay. Yes. Because they had Matt Frewer in it and right. Fanola Hughes, but yeah, that was. I... That's okay. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, that's. I mean, there was a Painkiller Jane movie. Yes, yes it was. 
There was a Power Pack movie, which I have no memory of. There was also a Vampirella movie. That is on here. Of course, Red Sonja, which I kind of dug. Yeah. That was a Conan spinoff, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, two Richie Rich movies. Yeah. Miss them both. There's a Casper movie. Yep, there is, indeed. Uh, of course, Mask and Son of the Mask. Right. Um, there was a Steel movie in 1997. <laughs> yes. Our boy Shaquille O'Neal. This <laughs> is so silly. That's awesome. I can, no, it's not. I can picture the cover of that film. Uh, I can picture the cover of that cassette, the VHS cassette, right now talking about it. <laughs> oh, good. Well, uh, um, after a lot of the trauma movies, after the fact, and the the full moon movies became comics. Right. I didn't like, count that. I didn't count the other way, yeah. like the flip side. Um, yeah. So that's it. I just thought that was a kind of a cool, uh, a cool thing. The losers too, which was cool. I like. Of losers. course, yeah. yeah. That was a great Rocketeer, movie. which could have been a lot better. I know some people find that yeah. nostalgic. Good. I I like the movie. Yeah. Uh, I guess it was okay. I liked it when it came out. I don't think it holds up anymore, but I just like looking at her. Mm, fair enough. So there you go, man. That's a good, good uh, topic. That was fun. Respect it. Yeah. There you go. I'm sure we missed a lot of them. Oh well, there's a ton more. I didn't, but I mean, a lot of them would be obvious, like you know, the alien movies, the Predator movies, all the, oh, I mean, all yeah. the superhero movies. I mean, the you know, the the Blades of the World, the Catwomans, and you know that stuff. But that's that's all stuff we're all, I would think, most of us and our listeners are we fully fully recollect. So. Yeah, and and if you uh, have a favorite that we didn't mention, or you think there's a, a notable film that uh, we just kind of glossed over, why don't you come to our forum? Where, David? Eleven o'clock comics dot com. Yeah, and throw your hat into the ring there, or you can just come to the eleven o'clock comics group on the Facebooks and and chime in there too, because you know we're there sometimes. It's true. Hmm. It's true. Like all day long, but yeah. <laughs> And uh I, I, I did read some things this week. Oh good. Did you guys have a chance to read the second issue of Invisible Republic? I read most of it. I didn't get to finish it. Mm, I read the first issue. Well we know that. We talked about that yeah. already. Alright, well I won't get into it other than to say it hits the stands this week. And it is Gabriel and Karina's uh as we talked about in the first issue, their Magnum Opus, their passion project, and I thought it was great. I thought uh uh, another strong issue really sets the tone. We're starting to get a sense of the journey that, uh, the, the cousins are about to go on and, 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 uh, getting little hints at the, the, the personalities and, uh, the fact that, uh, let's just say one is a little sloppy and the other one is, uh, pretty meticulous. But, uh, no, I thought it was great. I, I, I'm totally sucked into this and you can definitely, what I like about it is that they're setting this up. They're going to take their time with this. You know, they're not they're not going to suffer fools with this one. And uh, it, it's fun because they at the back where the letters page would be, they have a little narrative saying, well, we don't have letters yet for a letters page. And it's it's Gabriel says that. And then Karina's like, well, that's because we're writing this uh, a week before the first issue comes out. <laughs> and uh, and then so they sent they put they give an email and they're they're asking for letters. So if you want to be in part of an old school letters column, you you can do so. Uh, yeah. And and I, of course I read that uh, in the first issue mm-hmm. the the, tech, the text pages in the back, and Gabe comes off as ex- extremely jocular in that, doesn't he? And it's just like I, I I felt like writing a letter and saying who wrote Gabe's lines in the first issue because <laughs> it obviously was not him. Uh, well, no, and he also has a process. He has a process yeah. page in the second issue where he 
uh, he, he shows his, his very loose penciling and then, and then inking. And I'm sure as an, as a, as an artist, Vincent, it drives you nuts because he talks about how he, he, he essentially doesn't really use pencils, just very, very, very rough pencils before he lays the inks down. And, uh, that, you know, that's, and he talks about how that's born out of the fact that he's, was a storyboard artist for a, a decade while he wasn't doing comics and still continues to be, but, and that, that, that required being able to ink very quickly and, and not have time to frame things out with tight pencils. Um, and he shows his, a, his process. It's he, pretty impressive. He's a journeyman. The, the, the man is, is in a class, uh, by himself. It is impressive. So yeah, so, so once you fools get caught up on that, um, Captara number one, uh, came out this week, uh, which is written by Chip Zdarsky, uh, with, and the reason I bought the book, uh, with, uh, in, interior art by Mr. Kagan, Infinite Kung Fu McLeod. Yes. Um, no surprise, the artwork is awesome. I love Kagan. He is one of the spirit children of the EC Mad Magazine camp. Um, he is definitely a Jack Davis disciple. I love his work as a result of that and think he did a great job drawing this book. That said, I, I think I'm still struggling with the Chip Zdarsky thing. I, 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 I clearly he, he, he find many people clearly find him very funny. And I think we've said this many times. I, I feel like humor is more subjective, um, than other types of fiction. And all I got to say is, if this was a humor book, I wasn't laughing. So, Aww. no, listen, it looks great and, and I'm sure it's going to be many people's cup of tea and I'm going to continue to buy it because I love Kagan's art and we don't get to see it in comics very often because he makes the bulk of his living as a, um, satirist in big magazines and newspapers. But, but, but that said, I got to say the first issue, the, the story didn't so much grab me. So, hmm. Uh, while we're doing the image orama, did you read uh Witches number five? No. No. Huh. Okay. Um good. it takes a, a a very strange turn. Yeah. Um uh obviously um uh, Charlie is is uh going to retrieve his daughter, but uh the the, the taint of the witches in the town Mm-hmm. It's ex- it's extensive. It's like it's they seemingly have everyone in that town, uh, in their under their sway, so to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, he uh, enters this giant tree to to get Sailor back, and it's uh, the things he has to do to retrieve his daughter. Even even the wife is bamboozled; like she doesn't even know she has a daughter. So there, there's extensive hoodoo going on in this place and and charlie is is at least cognizant he re, he knows what's real or at least he thinks he does and he's going to get sailor and he has to descend through the the trunk of this gigantic tree and the things he encounters oh my god w- where do you read it it's it's insane hmm. um yeah it's really good uh four was kind of a low for me you know how you had the the low. Yeah, well, that's why honestly uh, I didn't pick up. I didn't race to pick up five or read five because I I, I thought four was kind of slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't didn't really do much for me, but five. Um, there's a new wrinkle to this to this story, and uh, supposedly I guess issue six is is the capper to this first arc. Okay. So um, wow, uh, and and Jock's art, what a beautiful mess. That's uh, for sure. The, Can't argue with that. Yeah, the, the underworld is just like, ugh. 
I wouldn't even go, you know, a couple of miles near this tree. I never mind go in it. And, and he renders everything just like, oh, there's these, well, I won't say anything, but there are creatures in this thing. And, and they're, they're sick, as your, as your children would say. Mm. Why don't we let David tell us what he read? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. David always sounds pained when he has to answer that. Well, because David doesn't really know what he read much. It's, um, it's (laughs) third person. person. I love that. And it was. David does not know. uh, David do what he do. uh, You know, David gonna make it happen. The, uh, cause Renee is starting to watch Daredevil. So any, any. Are you done with that, Jason? I am nowhere close to them. That. Oh my goodness! You're killing me. Um, Sorry, dude. It's. Uh, we should just just spoil it. I know. We should. Dude, I, listen, I'm 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 having a bond a father son bonding moment watching it with my kid. So I'm trying to tell well, him that, that that's important. So you know. But but so then, Jason, I would suggest that then you avoid this Friday's episode of the Sidebar Podcast. I saw that you were on there. Uh, Swain and, humble brag there. and invited me on. I do believe the episode will be out Friday. Um, but yes, we, we, uh, we talked for not at length. We didn't go into episode by episode synopsis, but we, we talked about the season as a whole. Our likes are very few, if any dislikes and, um, where, and, uh, and Vanessa and much talk about Vanessa. We, we did talk about Vanessa. Uh, Mm, that woman is fine. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. We did not talk about the judge, which is, I think, the first movie uh, Wilson Fisk and Tony Stark actually share screen time together. And the uh, the it was a it was a real fun conversation. So I, I, I had a blast doing that. So um, okay. just one question. Yeah. Do you think? Fisk is going to leap from the television show to maybe appearing in in some of the movies. I, I think they'd be foolish not to exploit the uh, Vincent's acting. Promise. If 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 it fits, I mean, I don't know. Right. I I don't know how much he'd have to do with, like, say, Black Panther or or. or well, Captain how about Marvel. the S- Civil War? Maybe. I don't know. Be, I don't know. I just, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to see him, but I mean, does it, it, it needs to make sense, but, uh, I'm sh- they'll make it make there, sense. There may be a Miss Marvel TV show coming from, uh, for, I guess, I don't know if it'll be considered an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. spinoff, but there may be a, a, a Kamala Khan, um, TV show. I did read the first issue of Archie versus Predator. Uh-huh. What a lightning fast segue. Speaking of, uh, crossovers. I like that. Intercompany crossovers. This, um, this was a little bit more violent than I thought it was gonna be, but I, it, it worked. I, I dug it. It's, it's the, it's not the Fiona Staples new, new look, um, uh, afterlife after Archie type art. This is, uh, this has pencils by, uh, Fernando Ruiz and it is very much in the vein of, of the old school, um, Dan Parent, Dan DiCarlo, um, Andrew Peepoy, uh, Archie. It's written by, uh, Alex DeCampi. It's inks by Rich Kozlowski and, uh, colors by Jason Millet and letters by John Workman. But it is a, uh, takes place, the first issue takes place on an island. Uh, Jughead wins a contest. Uh, so the whole gang ends up going to, uh, 
going to this resort and there are the, the Riverdale gang rivals are, uh, it is, uh, who is it? Cheryl and, and her brother, uh, yeah. Cheryl Blossom and her brother. They, um, they're antagonizing the, uh, the predator ship shows up and you do see, uh, there's, there's blood. There's, there's, there's actually, there's, there's one page where there is, um, there is blood dripping all down on, on the gang from the trees, from, from, from the tops of the trees. And, and mm-hmm. like there's, there's blood on a, uh, there's blood pouring into Jughead's crown. There's just someone's shoulders getting splattered, but, but the gang is oblivious to all of it. They don't even acknowledge the blood is there. Uh, Cheryl's brother's sunglasses are broken on the beach. The predator <laughs> does have, uh, skulls attached to spines in his hands. So the predator is killing motherfuckers. And what's, um, there's a, there's a fight scene because uh, there's kind of like a tug of war between Betty and Veronica and, and, and it gets broken up, but well, actually, no, 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 that, that I'm sorry. There's a contest and Veronica is extremely upset that, uh, that, that Betty entered the contest. So they're fighting Archie trips. When he trips, he stumbles into Veronica and, um, and Veronica, clobbers Betty and and breaks her nose so Betty's face is blood is streaming down from her yeah. nose and it is it's it's and Betty almost loses her she loses yeah she she looks straight at a like Shane of the she devil she is just uh it's but it it looks great but it is a um it's it's a very entertaining unique predator story because you um it makes me want to go back and, and read Punisher meets Archie Andrews, but it's, uh, it, I, I dug it. I, I, I really thought it was neat. I, I'm looking forward to the second issue and it's, uh, I definitely, and, and there's a backup. There's a, uh, there's a one page again written by DeCampi, art by Robert Hack. It is, uh, Sabrina meets Hellboy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, Archie comics have been exploiting the fact that Betty and Veronica are disturbingly sexy <laughs> for for a number of years. But recently, um, with the uh, variant covers for Afterlife with Archie that Andrew Peepoy did, yep. uh, Be- Betty and Veronica in negligees and nighties, and there's really not a whole lot left to the imagination. But those books are relegated to the more mature uh, readers. They're not going to do that in, in the regular books. But even some of the variant covers on the regular books that Andrew Peepoy has done, like the the EC pastiche one where Betty and Veronica are in spacesuits, I mean, they're form-fitting. They, they are exploiting the fact that B and V are, are very sexy girls. And I, I don't blame them. You know what I mean? If it gets you know more adult collectors to pick up some Archie books, all the better because they, they do great stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. And I almost bought that cover from him. Yeah. Remember? Yep, Remember? Yep. Yeah. That was the C2E2, wasn't it? Yeah. Sedos, Edos. And he sold it. At the, but at the price he was selling it for, I, I, I'm not surprised that it went very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great cover. Andrew's a talented son of a bitch. No doubt. Yeah. Check it out, son. So it's good to have you back. Yeah. What's going on? Well, I might have got internet issues, buddy. <laughs> Keep getting bounced, man. 
And you know where you can get a lot of issues? Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah. Nah, we got we still got lots of time. I finished uh, Star Trek Planet of the Apes. I love that book. Did you finish Did it? You? I didn't finish oh, it. Right. Uh, I didn't get the, the last issue yet, oh. but you know, be, I, I know how it's going to end. I'm, I'm pretty, Are you pretty sure? sure. Well, I don't know. Unless they pull a, a huge what at the end, I, I'm pretty sure I know how it's going to end. Actually, but, it does end up with it. There, there is something pretty nifty on the last couple of pages. I, I can't wait for you to see that. The, uh, do they, they leave it open for a sequel? Maybe. Good. <laughs> but, uh, Scotty, Talks a little bit too much and and doesn't give his uh, his his new friends uh, doesn't really give him the benefit of the doubt because there, there are things he's talking about as as Scotty is want to do and and I guess he figures that it's going over their heads and uh, maybe not so much but it's a um, yeah it ends as you would expect it to end as far as the the main story goes and uh, Kirk does invite Taylor to. Uh, come back with them and and you know this earth is different than when you left um and there's a funky little speech that taylor offers in in return but it's um of course it was it was consistent throughout i i really really it's um it's it's rachel what is uh i don't want to screw up the last name um Stott. I don't know how the hell I could. Um, but the art was just consistent. I really like, um, the way Stott draws fabrics and, and the way clothes hang off the characters and, um, nothing is, is stiff or rigid. Like if someone's got their arm bent, you are going to see, you know, the sleeve right up a little bit. You're going to see more of their wrist anywhere. Right. And it's just, it's, it, it's, and, and the faces too. It's like, you know, you're never going to forget what Kirk looks like or who, what Taylor looks like throughout the issue. You, you, you can't squint and think, well, I, I think that's where they meant to draw. So, no, it's, it's all, it, it's pretty solid. It, it's going to make a, uh, a pretty funky collection. And, and you were mentioning the, uh, the text pieces in the back by, uh, they, they're awesome. And, uh, yeah, they, um, I, I've skinned them. I'm going to go back and, and read them out at the issues that the story's completed. Um, I gotta say though, I think it was issue number four, where where George and and Kirk are, are throwing down. No, that's three. That was the filler that's issue. Three. I felt. It's complete bullshit that that <laughs> that Taylor would ever get to jump on 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 Jim. Not happening. But I mean, for the sake of the story, yeah, they had to you know make it look like uh, George could actually hold his own. But you know, if we're not, talking, not, not no. against those future martial arts. Oh, no. Jim has gone up against some crazy ass creature. He fought, fought the Gorn, man. He fought the <laughs> Gorn. A rubber suit, come on. Seriously, and he improvised his way to victory. So you know, <laughs> George Taylor is not going to, for however he looks shirtless, is not going to get the jump on on James T. Kirk. It is not happening. But you know, that was the one point where I was like, come on, come on, son. So he, he beams up to the Enterprise with nothing more than a loincloth and wiggles his, wiggles Nash. his way into a fight with, with Kirk and hold, not only holds his own, but at one point gets to jump on yep. him. And it's just, it was, it was silly. Silly. As silly as, as talking apes. Hmm. Damn, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a really good book. I like it a lot. All the characters, uh, the voices of all the characters are in the zone. Yeah. 
there's nothing i can't recall a line out of of some of our favorite characters mouths where i said nah they wouldn't say that no it's it's all the 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 dialogue all rings true it's um that's what you want from from one of these uh um inter uh genre crossovers and i mean just the, the uh the title of the um of the story was just clever with the whole primate yeah. directive. I just, I, I, I dig on that. Mm-hmm. Smart comics. It, you know, you, you have a, a profound love for the original series and, and I have to admit, I love it too, but I don't usually dip into Star Trek comics per se. Um, but this one, when you pair them up with planet of the apes, <laughs> my hands were, my hands were tied. I, I had to buy it. You're so easy. When it comes to apes, yeah, I'm very easy. Yeah. What else do we have? I think I have another image book here. <gasps> you do? Is yeah. it one we read? Um, Saga twenty six. No, we can't talk about that. Come on, dude. I was, I was, <laughs> I started reading twenty seven, and and it. Um, I think I told you guys today that it's it's back to being a, a maybe it's just this arc, but. Um, it's back to being a book where it's like, oh, okay, yeah, oh, that came out. All right, I'll read it later. Yeah. It, it's I'm, not I'm, must I'm, read right I'm, now. I'm feeling the same way, buddy. Oh. Even even giant monsters. You you throw a giant a, a number of giant monsters into it. And it, it just didn't. It, it didn't have that that twinkle, that sparkle, right? That that the first arc had. I mean, you, well, you, you know, get to the last page of one. I'm sorry, you get to the last page of an issue, and and you're like, oh crap, where's the next one? But then, by the time the next one comes out, you, you're reading the first couple pages, and you're like, well, where was that feeling from the end of the previous issue? Them feels right, right. And and the cliffhangers of late are fairly ridiculous because they involve characters that. You know damn well nothing of significance is really going to happen to them at this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in in the the tw- in the thirties and forties, I would even say the fifties if he if he drags that the story along to that far. But at this point, mom and dad are pretty safe, I think, for right now. But anyway, I mean, still beautifully drawn, but it just it doesn't have that magic, and it's it's there. It crops up, you know. First two, first three issues of an arc, and then it slowly, oh, again, and and then it slowly um, fades. But I, I guess that's a, I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, I'm still reading it, so there's enough of the inertia generated that that keeps me on this book. But I I, I don't want to put, the, I'm not putting the book down. It's just that it, it, it there's seems to the be spark. a. a is it a consistency issue though? I I don't know. It, it not, and it's not from the visual side of the creative team because I I have not noticed um uh Fiona any anything less than 100% from the visuals. So so it must be um BKV. I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing to ponder. It's not a bad book by any stretch no, of the imagination. It's just that it's just that the 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 highs that the book hit are, are, it's not consistent. It's, and I don't expect it to be every issue. It's just that when it slips, it seems to slip kind of far. Like I, I could not care less about Alana's drug problems. <laughs> I know. And it seems to be such a prominent, uh, aspect of this, this new arc or the recent arc that it's just like, 
Mm, let's get past this. Well, when you read the first couple pages of 27, let me know how you feel about that. Okay. Is it a boot? Does it come back? I don't want to see it come back. Oh, no, no. The drug problem, now. Yeah, good. Okay. Ah, uh, is Jason back with us? Best again, he said, the hell with you all. Did he really? Well, no. He just, he's, he's got his... His problems. I'm going to try and connect to him one more time. I'm hoping all the crap we had him do isn't the cause of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uninstall that shit. You don't need that. So I've been keeping him alive through civilization. <laughs> Here he is. Sup. Sup, playa. What's up? What are you doing? Uh, <laughs> trying not to smash my laptop into small pieces. <laughs> I just, uh, David and I just talked a little bit about Saga, but that's okay because you haven't read it. Do, what, do you, well, is there anything else you, you, you would like to talk yeah, about? Yeah, because you were saying that uh, Saga doesn't give you them feels right now. Mm-hmm. But you know what series still does give me them feels? Oh, I think I do. American Vampire Bitches. Oh, I'm so... Out of the loop on that. I don't understand that. That doesn't compute. (laughs) I don't even know you anymore. Do you guys not like great (laughs) comics? Is that? (laughs) That, That's what it is. I I hate great (laughs) comics. Wow. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what you're missing. American Vampire Second Cycle, uh, which uh, continues to be, of course, by Mr. Scott uh, Schneider and uh, Mr. Raphael Albuquerque. It's uh, seven issues in now. They're going at a more, shall we say, deliberate pace this time around. And I suspect it's, that's been a detriment to the book. Um, I, I, I let it pile up after, I think I read the first three as they came out and then, uh, because it was coming out relatively slow, um, by design, but still slow, I let them pile up and then I thought, yeah, you know, it's, it's, I, I missed the book, you know, I, I missed the characters. So I, I got, I reread one through, Three and then um, and then read four, five, six, and seven, um, and seven had, has just came out. Um, so it, it it continues um, the story of of Pearl and and Skinner. This time uh, we're in the 1960s. That's what I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah, and uh, we find um, Pearl is uh, Pearl is back living on a farm that uh, she grew up on, um, high, uh, pretending to be her 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 own. Gr- to pretending to be her own granddaughter, um, because of course she's she doesn't age anymore, so she has to she can't be herself. She has to be her descendant, but she is um, essentially running an underground railroad for wayward vampires' children, and it's cool because one of the one of the things I think that's awesome about this series is that there are lots of different types of vampires, right? Like there's not just the one archetype that you see in most vampire fiction. Now the Dracula type, the Carpathians are very much in existence in this book, in this series, and in fact the Carpathians are essentially waging a war at this point against all the other vampire breeds across the world. They're trying to wipe out everyone, kind of like a, I guess like a, you know, a Hitler Nazi type of thing. The, the Carpathians feel like they're the, 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 the prime line, the, and yeah. the, and, and they're trying to lay waste to all the rest that, that they view as genetically inferior to them. But um, it's cool because we're introduced to, to different kids that she's – and what she's doing is she's, she's taking in these, 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 these children vampires that are um, – and then based on the type that they are, she's finding them homes. Um, That's cool. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately though, one, one vampire girl that she takes in, a little girl named May, um, has got vicious bites on her back and they appear to be infected. And the bites 
uh, it turned out to be from um, a, a, a mysterious figure named the Gray Trader, and uh, and that and and May in the middle of the night uh, morphs into a gigantic, uh, almost kaiju sized, demon like red vampire beast, and uh, attacks the other kids, attacks Pearl, and uh, it, were it not for the unexpected uh, heroics of Mister Skinner Sweet. Who Pearl hasn't seen in more than a decade, saving the day, they would likely have been dead. Um, so what we come to find out is that, uh, and I'm not this. This is stuff that's introduced early in this series, so it's not like I'm I'm telling you all that's happening in these seven issues. But the Gray Trader is actually a bastardized name over time. Um, th- th- so again, they call him the Gray Trader with a D, but actually it's a it's an evolution of the fact that he was the Great Traitor. Um, yeah. And, ah. and the reason for that is because many people think he's one of the, if not the first vampire. However, he, he sold out the rest of his species, uh, and now serves, uh, the devil himself, Satan, basically. Oh. So there, Snyder is essentially tying the vampire mythos into the devil. And, and essentially articulating that all these different species are essentially types of demons that have evolved from the original, the first. Mm. That bothers you? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I like it a lot. Um, but, uh, the great trader is not someone to fucking trifle with. Um, and visually Albuquerque, it's, it's just fascinating. Essentially he, uh, you know, actually now that I think about it, um, he, he, it's not the similar visual cue from the way that the um what is it the uh, what was the name of the uh the valiant uh villain from the valiant Ma- master dark no he's talking about the from, uh, immortal enemy yeah the immortal enemy oh uh, oh, oh okay. where essentially he's a, a guy it looks like a, a dude in a trench coat but but he's really one giant mouth and and that mouth can seemingly swallow people's souls and keep them alive within him but uh, those souls give him power and He's got a, a group of minions, minion vampires that look, uh, like, uh, almost like mole men, only with wings. So they're these opaque vampires that are essentially invisible that, that come down from the, the sky and, and, and sweep away other vampires and bring them to hell. Um, and so we're, we're setting up a situation where Skinner and Pearl are, uh, reluctant, uh, allies. And they get hooked up with the, with the 1960s, the modern incarnation, the VMS, which are the vassals, you know, the group that have been essentially, um, throughout the entire series have been, uh, in essence charged with, with killing vampires, right? They're the, 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 uh, the, the, the vampire enforcers. Well, at this point, there are a number of, of VMS, uh, vassals that are also aligned to try and take out the Great Trader. Um, and they deputize Skinner and Pearl. As well as, uh, his name escapes me right now, but the, uh, the, uh, the other American vampire that Pearl creates, the, the black dude, forget his name right now, but, uh, they're all basically, they go to work with the, with the vassals and, uh, in the hopes of, of, of taking down the great trader, which is no small feat. And, um, and, and a couple of vampires have to head into space. They have to be sent up into space to, to take out a satellite because, there's a That's cool. yeah. There's a satellite that, uh, in essence, the Great Trader is trying to cause a global thermonuclear war by getting the Russians and the Americans to bomb each other. 
um, because it'll basically turn into hell on earth and it'll be able to let the, 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 the beast, the great beast or the devil or whatever you want to call it, uh, finally take over. Um, and they have to essentially save the, so there's the, the, we're at the point now where the, the Skinner and Pearl and their crew are essentially tasked with saving the world, uh, from, from hell on earth, which is pretty cool. And they've kind of, the Snyder's turned this into almost like a buddy movie situation with this arc. And, and one of the great things about American Vampire throughout its run has been the way that they've played with the genres, right? You've had, You've had a Western motif. You've had a World War II motif. You've had all these different settings. You've had a a, a, a whodunit noir motif. So um, in this case, it's it's like an action. It's like a 1980s action movie where they get all these different uh, uh, disparate people together with different abilities or fighting styles, and they have to get together, band together, unlikely so, to take out a greater a, a common enemy. Um, so it's been a blast. Albuquerque has definitely changed his style. If you go back and look at the first early issues of American Vampire and look at these, it's a much different style. I still love it, but it is definitely different. It, it, the first um, arc or two, he he was super tight with super thick black, uh, very very um, uh, monotone ink work. Or uh, is it monotone the right word? That's not the word. Um, the thickness of the of the of the line work was was relatively uniform, whereas now he's essentially going to a much looser, almost painted style. Um, and I, it's very still clearly Albuquerque, but he's definitely evolved. And I don't know if that's a, a just a natural evolution. I don't know if that's a storytelling choice um, because it's a different era. Perhaps it's just a way he can do it faster. That I'm not sure, but I dig it. And uh, yeah, and and there's a big big to do going on with Skinner that culminates in the um, the, the the final moment, the, the last page, the cliffhanger of the seventh issue. But I don't want to give that away other than to say it's, it's, I, I don't, Skinner has seemingly lived through a lot of things in his long existence, but I struggle to understand how he's going to come away from this unscathed. So, um, y'all are doing yourselves a grave disservice not being up to date on this book. Ah, so much to read. It'll happen. I know. There is so much to read. It's ridiculous. An embarrassment of riches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's some great ruminations on, uh, the devil. In that, uh, what's it called, David? That Netflix show that's on now from Marvel? <laughs> uh, that Daredevil? You know, you should get caught up on that because there's some really cool, um, ponderings on the, the nature of, of good and evil. You think I should? I, yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah. yeah. You know what I would recommend? <laughs> Me to shut the F up? No. <laughs> what? Throwing some congratulations to the 2015 Eisner Award nominees. Oh, yes. And Dap, I believe, was the one I first saw call attention to it today, and I believe you characterized it as a pretty decent set of uh, nominations, as far as you were concerned. Yeah, there. Um, just I didn't study the uh, the entire list, but I was quite pleased with uh, with seeing quite a few things on there. Um, my my biggest probably issues were. Uh, um, for best limited series, okay. There's uh, the Sandman Overture. Yeah, that I didn't even notice that until you just said it. Mm-hmm. But that is some bullshit. And I think think that's stretching the 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 limited yeah moniker. Yes, my my thing though is just that it's it should be a it should be a limited series that I would think ended. It's finished. Right. Yeah, because you also have the multiversity on here. And I mean, and then 
I don't know if that's going to fall off the rails, but I mean, I, but the Sandman one is, is pretty much the, the most glaring, um, in my mind, just odd. It, I'm going, sh- not quite going as far as calling it a mistake, but it, it's, uh, it's been one issue, maybe two. Two, but it, I think, right. there's, there's, there's no way to know, you know, how it's going to Overture? End. Yeah. I, I think four came out. Really? Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it's, it's just one of those things where you don't know. I, I, I'd like to know how the story ended before I, I claim something is, is the best. But, um, you have Jason Latour's been on here. There's a uh, best continuing series. You have Astro City, uh, Bandette, Hawkeye, the fraction, Aja Hawkeye, which still hasn't finished. And, uh, <laughs> Saga. Oh, you're right, David. Uh, I mean, Vince, it, uh, Ford did come out, so. Okay. Um, The Walking Dead and Southern Bastards. So big ups to, to the Jasons. Um, best new series, The Fade Out and The Lumberjanes and Miss Marvel and Rocket Raccoon and The Wicked and the Divine. So, I mean, these could also be 11 o'clock. Yeah, all, all big fans. I mean, right. Fans of all those books. Now, did you guys, just getting back to before you jump the best limited series, uh, Daredevil Road Warrior. Which was a Marvel Infinite comic by Mark right. Wade and Peter Krause. Did you guys read that? I did not because it was a um it was it was the bridge between Wade's previous Daredevil and Matt moving out to San Francisco. So okay. that that's the road trip. Must have been story. pretty damn good to be nominated in this case. I this think so. And it's yeah. um, it, it's one I of gotta the, think the private eye is gonna win this, no or multiversity, right? One or the other. I think so. And I, I, I really do appreciate that, that the private eye was nominated because it, it's, it's web only. It's, um, it's not your traditional is that you can't go to the shop and buy it. So, um, and it's, it's not like it's been put out by some, it, it's more like a web comic than anything else, but it's on here as a best limited series. So I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Astro City is a book that I have chronically under, underappreciated, I think. Uh, mm. it's just not a book that I have read that much of. And, and it's just seemingly always in such high regard by anybody that speaks of it. Um, so, yeah. and, and it's interesting to me that the walking dead got nominated this year. Um, I feel like it's not often if ever nominated. Um, and you know, I think a lot of people not necessarily have fallen off of it. The sales are still great, but, but a lot of the, certainly our, in our camp, we haven't been as enamored with it in the recent right. years, but, right. uh, right. But I wonder if, if there's something going on in a recent arc or two that, that, cause, cause again, I say what you will about the Eisners, w- whether you're fans or not of, of the process or any particular nitpick, but, but I, this, the, this is not a, this is not a popularity thing. This is not a, like, in other words, The Walking Dead isn't on here because The Walking Dead's a really popular TV show, is my point. Like, this is, right. this group of voters clearly thought this was an exemplary year for that book, so, um, I'm intrigued to, get caught up i guess because i i am probably at least a year behind the Hmm. now the marvel 75th anniversary celebration as best single issue or one shot what did that book until that that's not the big omnibus is it no that's the magazine size one i think okay yeah that's an odd duck category uh best single issue one shot because you've got a single issue, a legit single issue of Astro City. You've got a one shot that was printed that way of Beasts of Burden. Right. You've got um, the all red Madman in your face 3D special, which uh, I think I have somewhere in my regime here. Uh, which is mostly reprint. Right, exactly. 
you've got the aforementioned 75th anniversary celebration, and then you've got Multiversity Pax Americana number one, which would, I, I think is like got to be the heavy favorite. Uh, I do too. I mean, and that was that was one we all guessed anyway, just because mm-hmm. of how it was presented. Of of all the issues that, uh, it's the one issue we pretty much dissected on the show. But it is it it's the most talked about issue from this mini from this event. Yeah, yeah. Like you said, it's awesome to see Southern Bastards nominated. I mean, that's great uh, for the Jasons. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Scotty's not going to be able to fit through a door pretty soon. No, uh, <laughs> is any bigger. He's got another two Eisner nominations after. I oh, I hope he. Wins. I, well, he's won four already, so it's not like. Well, it's a slacker. But yes, but but it's pretty neat to see that he goes from Oz to Rocket, and Rocket gets two nominations. So, Scotty was nominated for best new. Uh, well, Rocket was nominated for best new series, as David mentioned, and Scotty was nominated for. Hold on, let me just search. For best humor, oh, also for best humor publication. The, uh, your best writers are Jason Aaron for Original Sin, Thor, Men of Wrath, and Southern Bastards. Kelly Sue for Captain Marvel and Pretty Deadly. Grant Morrison for The Multiversity and Annihilator by, put out by Legendary. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Saga, Private Eye. G. Willow Wilson for Miss Marvel. Nice. And, uh, Gene Un Yang for Avatar, The Last Airbender from Dark Horse, and The Shadow Hero from First Second. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm a big fan uh, of his work, so. You have your, um, then my, aside from the limited series, my all, my just ongoing gripe is, is the, um, it's just the way these things work out now. And, and your best penciler slash anchor is, uh, Adrian Alfona for Miss Marvel, Mike Allred for Silver Surfer and Mad Men in Your Face 3D Special, Frank Whiteley for Multiversity, uh, Francois Chetain for The Leaning Girl, I just talked about uh, ago. Fiona Staples for Saga and Babs Tar or Cameron Stewart for Batgirl. <laughs> no, you did it. Dick. You no, dick. You, you did it. <laughs> that went in. That's nice, dude. Oh, my goodness. Throwing it out Ooh. there. Yes. But your writer artist is, is a nice collection. You have um, Sergio. <laughs> Uh, Sergio Aragonis is Funnies and Groove versus Conia, which I want to read. I, I, did anybody read that? I read the first yes, issue. How was it? It was fun. But that's, you know, fun. <laughs> the, talk about a moronic, uh, application. But, um, no, it, it was seeing Sergio render, um, I don't want to say realistic, but a, a far more realistic form than he usually does with Groove was a little off-putting right. at first. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, I thought it, I thought it looked really great, and it it, it was it was uh, very entertaining. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, you have Charles Burns for Sugar Skull, mm. Stephen Collins, the giant beard that was evil, published by uh, Picador. You have Richard McGuire for Here, Stan Sakai for Usagi Ojimbo, uh, Senso Usagi Ojimbo Color Special, the artist, and Reina. Telgemeier for Sisters. That's an yeah. interesting group. Yeah. Because you have a lot of big two type stuff for the majority of the categories. But the writer artist, really none. Like I would have expected Scotty here. I mean, he only did the first four issues of Rocket, um, as writer artist, but, um, yeah, just it, it, that this one is a little different than, than one of these things are not like the other sort of thing for me. Mm-hmm. What else do you have? 
Well, uh, one of the things I thought was shocking, frankly, was that uh, Jordy Butler didn't get nominated for Best Coloring. That's and, and what shocks me is not even so much the fact that there was one, two, there were six nominees. So it wasn't even like I mean, it was Laura Allred, Nelson Daniel, Laverne Kinzierski, Kins- yep. Matt Petz, Dave Stewart, and Matt Wilson. Uh, so that kind of <laughs> struck me as baffling that she didn't make it. Um, I'm a little miffed that we didn't get nominated for best comics related periodical journalism. Still. Still. Whatever. Only because CBR got nominated as well as Comics Alliance. And it's like, alright. Really? I guess guess we need to start ranting a bit more about, uh, faux injustices to get nominated. Definitely. Please don't make that happen. I can't make that happen. Yeah. yeah, Um, I mentioned Mike Del Mundo got nominated for best cover artist and that's awesome because he he deserves it, man. He deserves that recognition, I think, this year. Certainly does. Um, so that's super cool. I I think Darwin Cook's going to win it this year for the variant covers. Not the least of which because, uh, uh, he was my 11 Oscar nominee for it. Not the least. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's a strong correlation there, I think. (laughs) Yes. Uh, 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 um, I, they really did a nice job this year because um, they can kind of create their own categories of of breaking up the archival stuff. Like they did uh, best U.S. edition of international material, and then they did best U.S. edition of international material from Asia, which is nice because yeah. it let them recognize a bunch more stuff. Like that let them – so on the international side, you have Beautiful Darkness, which we loved, Black Said, Amarillo, Corte Maltese, Jay Bird, and The Leaning Girl, all stuff that we've talked about. Um well, maybe not Cordo Motis, but the other four. Um, and then on the Asian side, you've got a bunch of really cool manga stuff, right? You've got uh, All You Need Is Kill, In Clothes Called Fat, uh, Master Keaton, One Punch Man, uh, Showa, and uh, Wolf Children, Ame and Yuki. Um, so nice job. One Punch Man's nuts. Yeah, and then they did the same thing with um, Archival. They, they, they broke out Archival into uh, Best Archival Collection strips at least 20 years old. And best archival collection comic books at least twenty years old. Um, so again, I think pretty thoughtful differentiation from the way they usually do it. Um, True. Uh, Wits ends up in there, which is cool. Nice. Uh, Windsor McKay's yeah. complete little Nemo's in there. So uh, I was just going to say, what could possibly go up against Wits End? And then you mentioned <laughs> Windsor McKay, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Um, best graphic album new. Uh, I always use that. That's one of the categories that I often will, um, anything that's nominated there that I haven't read or heard of, I'll buy from Amazon and read. Um, and usually that's, that's often where I find the, my favorite graphic novels for the year. Um, this year you got, well, Seconds by Brian Lee O'Malley is probably going to be a favorite, but I probably not something I would have voted for. Um, but this one summer, you know, by the Tamaki Cousins, mm, I, I was yeah. a huge fan of that book. I, I certainly, I think that's. But I, I don't know the other four, which are the Gigantic Beard that was evil, here, Kill My Mother, and the Motherless Oven. So, um, I want to be peeping those for sure. Click, click, click. What's that? That's what you're going to be on the Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. Hip Hop Family Tree was nominated for best reality based work. Nice Woo-hoo. respect. Um, best anthology is awesome. Uh, you've got In the Dark by Rachel Deering, which we're nice. happy to see. Little Nemo Dream Another Dream, which was a phenomenal collection by uh-huh. Lucas Moon. Uh, that's, I think that's, that's gotta win, but. Yeah, it's got the lockdown, I think. I think Let so. me hear the rest of them. Yeah, yeah the other, well, so two of them I haven't, I haven't read. Um, To End All Wars, the graphic anthology of the First World War, 
Okay. And Masterful Mark's Cartoonist Who Changed the World. Mm. And then the fifth one is clearly the one that you would vote for, Vince, which is Gay Erotic <laughs> Manga and the Men Who Make It. Have you seen that book? Well, we, it, we it's joked a about great it last looking, week. I mean. No, it's a great looking book. I'm not saying I, I, okay, I have it. And, uh, I, I, it's, it's awesome. You got the pages stuck together? Right, right at home with your yaoi? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, folks. Oh, oh they're, they're not usually like that. Oh, 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 I got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> highbrow cool, right now. No, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I get it. See that bus? I just threw you both under. Oh, cool. <laughs> we'll talk about you. See too easy next year. You're the man, son. Oh my goodness. And then they did, yeah. um, and then they did teen, uh, or they did kid publications in three different age groups this year. So they did mm. up to seven, eight to twelve, and thirteen to seventeen, which I thought was was very smart for a lot of us uh, multi generational comic geeks out there that are always looking for stuff for our kids to read. The uh, the best publication design looks pretty interesting. You have um, Batman, Kelly Jones Gallery Edition, uh, put out by Graffiti slash DC Comics. You have the complete Zap Comics box set designed by Tony Ong from Fantagraphics. Little Nemo Dream, Little Dream, designed by Jim Rugg. I did not know, by the way, that Jim designed that book. That's awesome. Because that's an unbelievably well-designed book, but I did not know he was in it. I mean, involved with it. We can give him big ups in the heart at, uh, at Heroes if he's there to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Street View, designed by Pascal Rebate from uh, NBM Comics Lit, and Windsor McKay's Complete Little Nemo, designed by Anna Tina Kessler for Tashin. So you've got Little Nemo up against itself. Yes. Yeah. And that uh, complete Zap comics. Yeah. Um, if you vote for that, they help pay your mortgage that you you took out to, <laughs> to pay. For the, yeah, it's it's a very expensive set, but worth every penny. Oh, exa- Yeah, it is, but yeah, it's it's it comes with a hefty price tag. No diggity, no doubt, son. So, um, but you know what doesn't come with a hefty price tag? You tell us. Your comics, if you get them from Discount Comics Service. DCB, yeah, DCBService.com where you can get your comics, get them very cheap, get them fast and get them delivered right to your door. Such as, I, I shall reiterate, from Image, it's Airboy number one, cover price $2.99, your price $1.49. The Kurosagi Corpse Delivery Service Omnibus Edition Trade Paperback Book one from Dark Horse Comics, cover price 20 bucks, your price $9.99. And the must purchase for the month, the Werewolf by Night Omnibus slashed to $62.50. DCBService.com. They are the absolute best. It's a bargain. In your travels. Um, I have a book that I would like to recommend, but I can't for reasons I will tell you. And I have a book that I will wholeheartedly recommend and springboard off something Jason talked about, nice. I think, two episodes ago. The the book I cannot recommend, though I should, with this list of creators, we are talking Nathan Fox, Nick Dragada, Michael F- M- Michael Fife, Jim Mafood, Benjamin Mara, Dan McDade, Trad Moore, Grant Morrison, and Jim Rugg. How could you go wrong? Written and here's the uh, the weak link, I think, and this is really bizarre for me to say this because in the past I have absolutely adored everything this man has written written by joe casey it is a book 
that on the surface looks incredible. Every page. Nathan Fox is worth his weight in gold, as are all of the other contributors. It, it is a, it's, it's eye candy of, of the, the, the utmost. Story wise, I think, um, Casey dropped the ball. Uh, the last issue, uh, this was the capper was, um, and I don't use this word lightly. It was ponderous. Mm. Um, um, as I'm reading it, and I did, I did give it, um, um, a lot of leeway. I, I read the entire thing when I could just been looking at the beautiful panels, read the entire thing. Um, and I thought, well, you know, maybe, maybe I, I'm just not in the mood. Went back to it a, a day later, read it again. Not still pretty ponderous. Uh, it, it's, it's the ending was, was kind of a mess. And, and I don't know if that was, if the book was truncated from ongoing to limited series when, when the sales weren't, weren't all that, but, um, there, there, there's a problem with this last issue. It's just, it's, it's, it's scattershot. It's all over the place, but to the eyes, oh my God, it's gorgeous from this, from, uh, Nathan Fox's, um, the packed, uh, ish splash page, uh, right on in. It's just an amazing visual tour de force, but on the writing side, eh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't know what to say. But but the, the thing I will recommend, and this has got big ups from Jason. I read Low, Volume One. Oh, low, can you go? The Delirium of Hope. What? By Mister Rick Remender and and Greg Tocchini, and. Uh, I think it is a spectacular visual presentation. To Tachini is is disturbingly, disgustingly talented. There's a lot of dirty, dirty, dirty stuff going on in this book. There's a, a multi-page orgy. Oh, so, um, Sofa King hot. Yes, and it's not over rendered. I, I actually think some panels are 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 um, very. Um, the rendering is very sparse in some spots, mm-hmm. but it, it works. There's, there's, there's no embellishing other than, uh, Greg Tocchini's signature, uh, masterful, uh, style. Uh, the hardware especially is not overworked. It's, it's very matter of factly, uh, presented. But the, if, if I have to say, cite one thing that, um, I didn't like, is and and Rick states this in the in the forward that he has never written uh, a character as optimistic as the main character and that optimism is crammed down our throats through the course of what is this five issues six issues it, she's she's excessively oh, yeah. optimistic mm-hmm. e- even to the point where when faced with you know utter utter devastation and her demise she s- does not let go and it's not so much that it's just her her interaction with especially her son and he's like why do you have to be so goddamn optimistic and he says that many times and it's just like yes rick we get it she's very optimistic i mean but that is the one i mean it's it's a it's a knit it's a it's a slight knit to pick but otherwise i think the story's great the concept is amazing um the sun is going to go kablooey and humanity has retreated uh, beneath the surface of, of the, uh, the amazing, uh, spread of, of water covering the planet, as they, they would, 
Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book and, and in, in intri- it's intriguing and, and I loved it. So Jason was right. Go get low volume one. It's only going to cost you 10 bucks, which is sick in and of itself, but you can get it for less than that. Of course. It, Cause you know where to go. You know this. So, uh, one to, uh, pass up and one to take home. Nice. Thanks. Um, Okay, so Vince has one for you to take home. I'm going to suggest something that I am going to start reading tonight. Um, that, uh, that I finally got my hands on. Hopefully I will talk about it more next week. Um, from Mr. Scott McLeod, who was mentioned earlier, this is the sculptor from First Second. Uh, I have been looking forward to this for a while, so I'm, I'm going in blind. I didn't, I just, I heard his name and, and I'm on it. So I don't really know what to expect as far as things that I did read that, um, I think I'll throw out as an in your travels. Um, I am going to say you should be reading, um, uh, yeah, no, cause I was, I, I had a couple here, but we kind of jumped around a bit and talked about some of them tonight. So I really, um, we've already talked about Copperhead and stuff and we didn't, well, Jason didn't read Pastaways yet. Um, Star Trek Planet of the Apes. Nice. Uh, two things. I don't think I cited the actual name of the book. I do not want you to, uh, buy. And that was Captain Victory number six and number two. Do not forget, David, and Jason is included on this too, that we have Spider-Man Chapter 1 to read. As soon as I get my hands on it, yes. Well, yeah, I, I will, I will give you that and I will, I will make them available, but, um, we're gonna read that, yes? Yes. Good. What is this? And we still have our Secret Wars chat. Yes, John Burns, Spider-Man Chapter 1. I didn't know. We're gonna read this, we're, is this like a news? Did we talk? No, we, we said this a bunch of episodes back and, and Very I cool. have, uh, I've rounded up all the issues. Ah, very good. Yes. So, um, seeing as how, uh, we, we talked a lot and I certainly think talked all image tonight, I'm going to, in your travels, uh, throw some love to, uh, a a smaller publisher that needs, needs the PR. Um, (laughs) used to be known as Time, Timely, now they're known as Marvel. Um, used to be known as Atlas too, which is, which is across the Shush, 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 (laughs) shush. Um, Give, uh, if, if you're one of those silly folk that, uh, jumped off of Jason Aaron's Thor because. Oh my the, god, I, I don't what? want to know you. I, no, if, if you did, I don't want to know oh, you. Oh yeah. Because of the, the, the female Thor, um, decision or gimmick or whatever you want to call it. Uh, you, you were foolish. And, uh, <laughs> I don't need to tell anyone that we, that Jason Aaron's a great writer. And, uh, we have all sung this, this female Thor runs praises but um six issues in it's phenomenal and i just gotta say um again jason aaron doesn't need any credit because you all know he's awesome but russell donnerman is a fucking beast he he has one upped from i was a fan of his work in his prior uh series of the last few years but uh you know he he finally got arguably his biggest gig to date with this thor book and um wow uh he's (laughs) he's putting it down he is putting it down so um, this is a sight to behold. Um, it, it's a tough act to follow when you're following Assad Ribic, 
Um, True. And uh, I think he's holding his own. So yeah, I would I would agree with you. Yeah. And uh, a book we talked about a little bit last week, but you guys hadn't really dug into it. I just want to. Uh, I can't recommend enough the Avengers Rage of Ultron OGN. Um, just keeping with the remainder love. Uh, I thought it was great. I, I thought Opeña's art was awesome, and I just I loved that this was an OGN, but it was up to date. We had uh, we had Cap Falcon. We had it was just very cool. We had Star Fox. Haven't seen Star Fox in ages. Just I thought it was a mm-hmm. fun story, and um, a smart move by Marvel because it's certainly being timed to coincide with the with the Avengers movie coming out, which features Ultron. But they didn't. It, this isn't a, a a movie universe OGN. I mean, this is a this is essentially almost like they said, all right, well, what if we did an Age of Ultron for the Marvel universe? How would that look? And and that's right. kind of what this is. So I thought it was smart because I don't think anyone that picks it up. After seeing the movie, would be completely um, confused. But those of us that are longtime comics fans um, appreciate. I think that it's in "quote unquote" our continuity and not the movie continuity. So, right. yeah, that reminded me a lot of the uh, Marvel graphic novel series mm-hmm. from 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 back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dug it. And um, is New Mutants the first series to spin out? Of that no. Marvel graphic? Dreadstar. What was? Oh, damn Come it. On, son. Shit. I'm so... Yeah, you're right. You're right. I am a <laughs> but, 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 but in... Come on. In all fairness, Dreadstar did not begin at Marvel. Well, that wasn't your question, though. I know, but I'm just saying... <laughs> in all fairness... Let me clean it up now. I'm not... Damn it. I forgot all about Dreadstar. <laughs> you're still pretty. I mean, it's all good. I wish I was. I'm so pretty. So pretty. And everyone, thank you for uh, spending some time with us again this week. If you enjoyed what you heard, and I don't see how you couldn't, come back, come back again next week. We'll be waiting for you because you know why. Don't make me say it. Uh, And we all love you very much, especially one person. So much. Yep. So much. Yeah, and uh, you know. Fire up the Netflix and watch some Daredevil people so uh, So, you can nag Jason. So we can talk about it. Yes. I'm dying to talk about it. You are. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. This is lost level giddiness from you. I I don't know. What's that? It's Twin Twin Peaks level giddiness. Wow. Yeah. But um, I was baffled when I'm at lunch today. Uh, with my boss and one of my other coworkers, and he's like, my boss is like, well, what'd you think of Daredevil? And I started gushing, and he's like, oh my god, he's like, I can't believe you, you loved it. I turned it off after 15 minutes. I was like, oh, serious? I was like, what? And you know, you know, some of the people um, I, whose opinions I hold in very high uh, regard um, didn't like the acting, and I was like, wow, I don't see that at all. People are nuts. They are, and I was, I am, I'm, I'm proud of her. I thought that maybe some of the, um, the violence, some of the extreme, uh, more, uh, gruntworthy or, or realistic violence would be, um, <laughs> not a turnoff, but just would be not something she'd be in the mood for. But Renee's been really digging it. Well, I do think the one, uh, there, there's a single instance of um, 
really excessive violence. But most of it is implied rather than shown, which was a good thing. But um, I think that was done to um, better illustrate the despicable nature of of one of the characters. Absolutely, so yeah. it, it 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 wasn't um, uh, excessive to the point where it's like, hey, mm-hmm. let's just throw some so throw some red on the screen. Right. It it was you know this is not a nice person right. for reals. Yeah, uh, but uh, Karen's hips. Oh my goodness, she's she's such a uh, a slight. Woman, but those hips. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Complete one one eighty on her. Yeah, you did. Yeah. No, well, no, she she's all beat up and shit. Yeah. You are cray. Um, Ms. Ms. Dawson is, is very attractive too. Mm, doesn't do much for me. I th- I this more than more so than most things I've seen her, and I think she's she's very attractive in. This. I think she's a super like she comes across as a super down chick, like a cool chick. Well, I would love to hang out with her, and I think if you in real in the real world, I I think I would find her more attractive than I do because she's so cool, you know. Like you know how she'd be more attractive just because her personality's that awesome, but but uh, I, I don't think she holds up relative to other leading mm-hmm. ladies. Um, if I had to do a hierarchy of now, this is like supreme fanboy bullshit. But if I had to do a a, a list of my my top um. Uh, women in this uh, in the series, I would definitely put Vanessa at the top of the list. Yeah, you would. I think she is gorgeous. That's interesting. And and to I think it, it, in terms of the entire series, the the actors that best encapsulate what we know from the comics, she is Vanessa. She she looks like her in my estimation, and uh, she acts like well, we haven't. Back in the day, we didn't really see a ton of Vanessa, but I think she brings to life that character. Even even more so than than uh, uh, Fisk. I don't know about that. Well, I think he could be a little fatter. We should send him a case of Twinkies or something because he he does have the size, but he's not Wilson Fisk's size from the comics. You know, he Fisk has giant hands. He could palm somebody's head and and squeeze uh, it. Yeah, Dinofrino's not that. Or or, or how old without looking? Jesus, stop it! I'm just going to say Vincent D. <laughs> how old without looking would you say Vanessa is the actress? Uh, I would say she's about fifty-two. Uh, mid to late forties, forty-seven, forty-eight. Damn, Vince, how you going? You think she's the hottest chick on the show? You think she's fifty-two? She's beautiful. She's forty-five. Yeah. There you go. I think she's gorgeous. Yeah. Just the way she conducts herself, yeah, she no, has a very, very regal nature too. She, she's to, uh, quite fetching. The way she speaks, the way she moves, and and the way that she lines her lips with that that. Mm. David likes her because she's a member of the tribe. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> I can picture her in a loin. Unfortunately, cloth. she was in the Man of Steel, but we'll look past that. I I don't know what that is. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's the prequel and, uh, to that awesome film that we just got. A glimpse of last week. I know. Again, I, I, I saw no awesomeness. Oh, she was in Da Vinci Code. The prequel yes. to Angels and Demons. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's where I know her from. Really? Yeah. That's funny that, that, that that's the prequel to Angels and Demons, and Angels and Demons isn't the sequel to the Da Vinci Code. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, everybody, for, for being here. Yeah. We love By the you way, so your much. list, you didn't finish your list. Oh. Vanessa um, on Vanessa- first, and then... <laughs> Then, then, everybody else is just way down. No, Vanessa, then and, Karen. And he does Karen, and then he does Rosario. And then Rosario, yeah. I would swap the first two, but that's cool. 
Karen, Karen's very attractive. She has beautiful eyes. But anyway, and and while we're on the subject of judging uh, people by appearances, I I think Matt is absolutely perfect for the role. I have no complaints with any of them. No, Foggy's great. Um, I, I believe we said this last week, so we're we're reiterating. Yeah, you just, just because one of now he's just he's just going on and on, and he's just, he doesn't want to say goodnight, folks. You don't want yeah, you want to hang up. I I want to hang out. I <laughs> oh, see so you don't want to hang up. Oh, I don't. No, you hang up. No, you hang up. <laughs> Seriously, and if you're if, if you're looking for other Netflix stuff to to wet your whistle, uh, shout out to uh, the Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I need to see that. I want to. I've only What's seen happening? one episode, but it's fucking hilarious. That's what I hear. Yeah, it's wrong on a, many levels. Also, that I hear. Is that another thirteen episode thing? Like, do they dump a bunch of yep. them at once? That's, That's what they do for all their shows. Yeah. I hate that. I don't like that yeah. at all. Be- because when something clicks, like Daredevil. I I lose all my free time to it because I have to see it. All. I I have none of that. What is that? Yeah, you know, uh, well, I had to watch. Schmidt oh. is Tina Fey's new comedy, right? Uh, and uh, no, she's not in it. She just wrote it. Made. Oh, but it's right. It's essentially that uh, Kimmy is one of a bunch of women that that were in a cult, and they they go into a bomb shelter 15 years ago, thinking that the apocalypse is about to happen. And they live in this bomb shelter for 15 years, thinking that they're, they're <laughs> that they survived the rapture. And then, uh, like the FBI comes and fr- frees them, and it's and so now Kimmy is is exposed to the real world for the first time in 15 years, and and has to figure out how to live. But she's got this just un unfathomable positive outlook on life, like nothing phases her. And uh, you know, even though all the, the the chips are stacked against her, and people think she's a lunatic and stuff because of her perspective, it's very very funny. I like the premise. It's great. It's absolutely great. Her her cult yeah. sisters are in just insanely bonkers. It's great. The uh, cool. if you do not have well, you should have Netflix, especially for Daredevil now. But if if you are also a a pr- Amazon Prime member, then uh, I recommend a show called Bosch. Which is based on a, uh, books by, um, the author Michael Connolly. Titus Welliver plays a Los Angeles Hollywood, um, homicide detective. Hollywood? But Jason will particularly be interested in this because it stars, um, Lance Reddick and, um, uh, well, you remember him as Marlo Stanfield. And he actually plays Bosch's detective partner. Very cool. I've actually read a bunch of the books, so okay. that's cool. Okay, cool. It's uh, it's only ten episodes, unlike Netflix's thirteen. But Renee and I bore through it over uh, a couple of weekends. It it it, mm-hmm. it was picked up for a second season. It is extremely enjoyable. It's got a bunch of people um, that are familiar to you from from other shows and and uh, and the like. But it is it's. Pretty good, and and Lance, um, Lance, Jason Gedrick plays a uh, plays a pretty big part in it. And I've been a big Gedrick fan since the old ABC show from the '90s, Murder One, which had an awesome first season, and then completely dropped the ball and and fucked themselves in the second season. But that first season is pretty much just perfect TV. And um, if Deadwood was just one season, it would be pretty much on that level. Um, but Gedrick's always been a um a dude who who doesn't 
I, I can't really turn away from whatever the hell he's doing. But yeah, no, so, so, so check. If you don't have, after you're done watching Daredevil, you can watch Bosch. Yeah, watch that first. Right. Good night, everybody. Peace. As usual, mm. say good night, David. Say good night, David. Nice. Always. Mm-hmm. See ya. Mm-hmm. Jason's still connected. Mm-hmm. And he's now a Muppet. <laughs> Speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Come to your chef. <laughs> <laughs>